Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Opening Drive. Happy Tuesday, everyone. We had some exciting games last night. I'm Brooke Grimsley alongside Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. No Randy Carricker today. Don't worry, guys. He will be back tomorrow, but we are here to take care of things today. Kerry, what are you doing this Tuesday morning? After a lot of exciting games last night, Major yeah, League yeah. Baseball, fun. some Monday Night Football. Right. The Monday Night Football. Fun-ish. Yeah. <laughs> Ish. Wasn't really. I mean, it, it, it was entertaining. The Manning cast was entertaining. Yeah, you said you were watching the Manning yeah, cast I, last I, night. I, I would rather watch. Like, when it's two teams that aren't particularly, I guess, explosive or great, watching the Manning yeah. cast is more exciting, more entertaining. Uh, and it's informative. I mean, if you are a person that maybe doesn't understand certain aspects of the game, they break it down really well and, and give you some insight that you wouldn't get anywhere else. So it's almost like being in a huddle. Uh, or, or being in a in a quarterback room with two high level quarterbacks that understand the game really well, so yeah. if you're able to pay attention and able to uh, to listen in. You, you can learn a few things. Yeah, I think it's just entertaining. I feel like all levels can enjoy it. They don't say too much that could go over your head. In yep. a sense, they just make it fun. And yep. they're brothers, yeah. and so I feel like that helps. So you get to see kind of that whole brother rivalry that they have going on. I think oh, it's yeah. exciting. Other yeah. than you know that game, that, yeah, that well, game definitely yeah. you need the Manning cast for that. But yes. I want to start with Major League Baseball playoffs last night. The game last night, the Diamondbacks were able to beat the Dodgers 4-2. They now take a 2-0 series lead. They need one more win to clinch their first NLCS appearance since 2007. This felt like a game, though, that was decided early on, Kerry, because uh, the Dodgers' starting pitchers are struggling right now. So uh, what's going on with Clayton Kershaw and Bobby Miller? The first two games of the series combined with these two two innings 10 hits nine earned runs three walks one strikeout <laughs> we talked about it yesterday with clayton kershaw if it was more of a mental thing at this point now bobby miller he is a rookie so that could play into it because that is a pretty big stage to go out and pitch on but still i don't know what you can make of the dodgers starting pitching right now well, the best part about this is if you're a Dodgers fan, they always arrive late, so they don't get to see any of that. By the time they get to the game, it's like a it's like a new game for them. They they don't know what's going on. So they got there for, and they're like, "What they, is this?" They didn't have to see it at least. So you know, it, th- there's a positive to everything if you're a Dodgers fan. At least you didn't have to witness it. Now, what you are witnessing Ooh. is you're too top five MVP candidates going one for 13 in the first Mm -hmm. two games. Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, top of the lineup, one hit between the two of them. You're not going to win baseball games when your two best players aren't performing right now. And and that's probably that along with the pitching. I mean, 
obviously you 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 have to get to the hitting. Yeah. But the pitching has been struggling, but the hitting has not been helping them, specifically those two guys. You know what it reminded me of? And it was a little bit of PTSD. It reminded me of the Cardinals so early on in the season mm. where the starting pitching got themselves in a pretty big hole and then the offense not being able to really claw their way back. That's what it felt like. It felt like that to me, just seeing the Dodger, the Dodgers starting pitching just really fall apart. And that's what decided the game early on. Now, on the other side, Zach Gallen looked really good. That? Zach, Gallen, he sounds familiar, I feel, right? I feel like that guy, I know him from somewhere. He'd right? be a great Cardinal, wouldn't oh, he? Oh my goodness, I wish we had a guy like that in our, in our organization. That would be... <sighs> Be amazing it's to almost have like a, we did at some point somebody like him but yeah. maybe not quite no, him we don't get similar to, we don't get to do that with we this trade remember why because they why? had to make that trade they had oh. to make that trade okay okay well i mean it would have been so. nice to still have him is all i'm saying <laughs> how about that yeah how about that zach gallon <laughs> was fantastic five and a third gave up just two runs five hits and struck out four now for me the playoffs are really in postseason specifically with baseball are really decided by big moments that change the momentum or gain momentum in this case. If you go to the fifth inning, Freddie Freeman at the plate, there's runners uh, at first and third, and then Zach Gallen was able to strike out Freeman. A big moment there. There goes Mookie, and the pitch is a called strike three, and Freeman knew it. That to me was a huge moment. The way that he looked coming off the mound, just the energy. Zach Zach Gallen, that was a huge moment for him and just a huge game for the Diamondbacks in general. Honestly, I think that I underestimated them coming into this. They have yet to lose a postseason game, and I feel like maybe the Dodgers underestimated them. I I don't know. I mean, again, when you're starting pitching, if you're the Dodgers, isn't performing to the level. If you only pitch two innings between two starters, in your first two games, you're probably not going to win those games. I, I don't know that there is much <laughs> that you Even if you can, have the best yeah, offense, probably not. It changes the game when you're down, you know, six runs in game one or, or three or four runs. It, it just makes it harder to to dig out of that hole, and, and that's where the Dodgers are right now. They are struggling because of their starting pitching, because of their top of the lineup. They're not – they're not having success. I don't yeah. know if it's so much that they overlooked the Diamondbacks. I don't think you can overlook any team, especially in the playoffs. No. But if your starting pitching does not get you out of the first inning or out of the second inning, you probably shouldn't expect to win. No, probably not. And it was just a it was a good game to see some of the former Cardinals, too. You had Joe Kelly on the Dodgers side. He looked good for the bullpen after, obviously, their starting pitching exploded. So you need some help from the Dodgers bullpen. Also, I got to see Cole Wong. I honestly forgot that he was with the Dodgers it was not a great moment for him though because he was pinch hitting in a bases loaded situation and he wasn't able to capitalize but still we were able to see Colm Wong you have Tommy Pham and then we mentioned Zach Gallen and then we will see Lance Lynn in game three on the mound for the Dodgers look I'm the bar is pretty low you just have to get past two innings essentially well, uh, <laughs> pretty much if you can do that you, you you've uh you've done okay yeah for yourself I, it's just i think when you're looking at what the dodgers are struggling with it again it's that starting pitching we know it too well all too well here in st louis if you can't get out of the first inning the second inning you're going to have trouble digging out of that hole, and that's where they are right now. They're not playing well as a team. No. I know people are – are or the playoffs are seeded weirdly. It, man, listen, you're the home team. You had the better record. You had time off. You had time to, to prepare, get ready, and here you are down 0-2 in your home ballpark and having to head back to Arizona yep. to try to go win two games just to get it back home. 
So we'll we'll see if the Dodgers are able to pull it off or if the Diamondbacks really have that that killer mentality and say, you know what, we're not going back to LA. We're actually not even going to game four. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna finish we're gonna this wrap thing. This up. Yeah, let's get it on over with and, and see if they have that that really that killer instinct inside of them. Yeah, it's very exciting. It'll be interesting to if the Dodgers will be able to dig themselves out of that one. Then this is the game that I was locked into last night. The Braves and the Phillies. What an exciting game that was. The Braves were able to beat the Phillies 5-4. to four. The Phillies cruising through the first six innings, thanks to Zach Wheeler, who was wheeling and dealing. Of course, you have yes. to say that. Uh, the Braves, though, were able to come back with a two-run shot in the bottom of the seventh, and then they were able to take the lead with another two-run homer here in the bottom of the eighth, courtesy of Austin Riley. Here he comes. Riley in the air to left field. On the run, Marsh! There it goes! Austin Riley has given the Braves the lead in the eighth! That's what I'm talking about. Big October baseball moments, and that was a big October baseball moment right there. But the magic didn't stop because at the end of the game, Michael Harris and the Braves were able to turn an insane game-ending double play to secure the win and tie up the series. He deals a 2-2. Cassianos in the air to right center field. Harris is on the run. Harris at the track. He leaps and he makes the catch. Harper might be doubled up. The throw gets away. The throw to first. It's over. It's over. Wow. You cannot count the Braves out in this one. The way that they were able to claw themselves back, that was a great performance by Zach Wheeler and the fact that they were able to come back and erase that Austin Riley was a huge part of that we talked about what he was able to do in the bottom of the eighth but also at that play at the end there he was also a big part of that with kind of a Jeter-esque throw well yeah I I thought that that play was great I didn't have a problem with Bryce Harper he it was a shot you took a chance you know if you if you don't if you do tag up you're not gonna obviously score you may get the second but you need that run. Mm-hmm. And so he took a chance and was hoping to get back. That was a hell of a play by Michael Harris in, in center field. That was that was what, when you think about playoffs, those are the moments that, that, one that shining sti- moment. Yeah, yeah, those are the moments that stick out uh, for you. I want to go back to the sixth inning, though, because yeah. the first time that the Braves were able to get a hit, the first time that they were able to score, I thought it was a terrible play by Trey Turner yes. having that error because now at the, at the time, Okay, it's four to one. It doesn't. It, it, maybe it's not that big, but you allowed them to score and to see themselves getting into this game somehow, some way. And I just felt like, man, get in front of the ball. Don't mm-hmm. let it kick off of your heel or your glove, and allow that. Don't have that error right there that allowed uh, Ronald Acuna to score. I thought that that was probably the 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 key point because that got Zach Wheeler out of the game. Mm-hmm. All of those things kind of dominoed and, and went into that way. And I thought that was that was probably the key moment of that game where it, where it kind of shifted and shifted in the Braves' direction. Yeah, it showed that there was a crack, right? And with the Braves that we've seen this season, I feel like with their offense and their capabilities, what they're able to do with those players that they have in there that are fully bought in, they have committed to them, and I feel like they have that confidence, they have that swagger that they bring game yep. in and day out, game out. You didn't see that in the first game, I know. And we were talking about the off days. Some people were thinking maybe that was a factor in. But when you give the Braves an inch, they're going to take a mile, oh, essentially. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did there. Yeah, I, I, again, I thought Zach Wheeler, I mean, you can't really be be bothered by what no. he did. He performed. I mean, he, he, was, he went five shutout innings. The first hit he gave up was uh, the hit to Al- Albies, and that's when they scored that run. So 
I just I thought he performed well. I know everyone. Well, why was he still in the game? Eh, you know, he he did a great job. He did. And yeah. if if again if Trey Turner gets in front of that ball, that run doesn't score. He probably gets the next. Run, he does get Riley out at uh, the next at bat, and now you're still four to zero with mm-hmm. six shutout innings, one hit allowed, and we can get him out of the game. I thought. I didn't have a problem with the decision in that mm-hmm. instance. I thought it was the right decision. We just didn't make a play. When I say we, I'm talking about the team. They didn't make a play <laughs> in the field uh, to help him out in that situation. We could be Braves fans or uh, Phillies fans. Uh, I, I'm rooting for, hey, I, I'm, I'm on a winner's winner's bandwagon right now. Whoever wins, <laughs> that's my team. Exactly. No, I just I want to see good baseball, and that's what that <laughs> game was, and that's what the series is. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. I, once again, I was just super impressed with Michael Harris. To me, it was just two different plays in that situation where you had just an incredible physical play yep. by Michael Harris. I mean, the way that he committed to that and was willing to give up his body, and then you had Austin Riley just making an incredible mental play there, because if you watch, he wasn't just watching he was already moving and maneuvering yeah. for whatever situation was going to play out, which led to that Jeter S play there at the end. Now, we got to talk about some Monday Night Football. Do we? Do Yeah. Yeah. Uh. The Raiders beating the Packers 17 to 10. Jordan Love, uh, what was going on there? Three interceptions. He, he's he's a young quarterback. I know he's in his fourth year, but yeah. technically this is his rookie year uh, on the field. He hadn't <laughs> yeah. had many opportunities to play. And I, I, I would say I was more intrigued by what watching watching the Raiders. It was just a lot of things that they do that I'm not a fan of. I thought maybe they would be better. Uh, well, I, didn't, I don't know. I thought Jimmy G and, and Derek Carr are essentially the same person. Mm. But – Jimmy G looks uncomfortable at times. They, they. I thought they had poor, poor clock management. I thought that the Raiders should have gone for it on fourth down, fourth That's and one. That's what I was going to ask you. As yeah. opposed to what was that? attempting a field goal and missing. I thought that was a terrible decision because, yeah, Jordan Love is a young quarterback, but you've seen him already have a fourth quarter comeback. You've seen him take a team down the field and be able to put the ball in the end zone. So you don't want to give him that ball back. And it, it's you actually gave them better field position because they get the seven extra yards with the missed field goal because it's from the spot yeah. of the kick. Doink it. Yeah. <laughs> if you go forward right there, it's at least seven yards less that they have. I, I didn't like that decision um, by the Raiders. And there are some questionable questionable decisions that, that Josh McDaniel has made in his tenure and, and, and continues to make. I just – I didn't like it. I didn't think that that was a good game for either team. Um, and it just wasn't, you know, it, again, I was watching the Manning cast, which made it more, <laughs> more entertaining. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, was, it was much more entertaining yeah. watching the, the Manning cast than, than watching the actual game. You have to. And with that situation, I don't understand why they didn't go for it. Because, one, you missed it. But also, two, does that show a lack of confidence in your offense? Um, I don't know. It, you need one yard. I don't know it, how it you just can confusing. be that. Unco- I, like how didn't how how didn't you believe that you could get one yard? And again, you ended up missing the field goal. So my problem with it is is two things. One, you obviously you missed the field goal. Two, well I guess three things. Two, <laughs> you didn't trust your offense to get one yard. Mm-hmm. And three, even if you make the field goal, they can still tie the game with a touchdown. So yeah. it's not like you put it out of reach by kicking the field goal and making it. You just they're going to get the ball in the same spot on the kickoff return. Mm -hmm. They still need a touchdown. It didn't affect anything in a way that made you think that it would change the game. Only thing it could do was make it harder for you to win. Exactly. Which that's what it did. Unfortunately for the, fortunately for them and unfortunately for the Packers, they were unable to get to the end zone. Well, and even Jordan Love, 
possibly got close in the end if it wasn't for that interception in the end zone by Robertson. So, I mean, they got lucky in a sense there. Well, that's Kerry. Coming up next, we are going to talk about this. The Cardinals are determined to do things differently than the rest of Major League Baseball. If the other teams are willing to make moves without a presser, what are the Cardinals waiting for? We're starting to see some of the other clubs making moves right now, including the Red Sox. Why aren't the Cardinals doing anything? That's coming up next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. by Brooke Grimsley and uh, Brooke we were talking a lot about the Cardinals and their lack of a presser yesterday we were waiting on an a after season a postseason uh, post regular season presser that we did not receive yesterday and and we talked about it what what was the what is the hold up what are we waiting for what are some of the moves that are going to be made call what it is Carrie St. Louis fans wanted a eulogy Okay, well, yeah, the, on the 2023 like season. If yes. you are going to bury something and it is dead and it's yeah. done, then you have to give a eulogy, right? Yeah, you do. You, you should. <laughs> it's the proper way to, to end things. <laughs> or, or the soul or will keep haunting you. Yeah. Just cremated. Or the, or the soul will continue to haunt you uh, and just be a ghost that just follows you around like you, the conjuring or something. And just walk it around in a, in a urn for the... <laughs> For the 2024 season and beyond. <laughs> just, just keep it with you. So if the Cardinals are determined to do things differently than the rest of Major League Baseball, the other teams are making moves without pressures. The, the Boston Red Sox fired their pitching coach and their third base coach on Monday, yesterday. Uh, and the Cardinals, we're, again, we aren't in a position to want people to lose their jobs. No. But we understand that. When you're 20-plus games back in the division, when you only win 71 games in a season, when you play as poorly as they played the entire season, people do lose their jobs, whether it's players. And that's one of the things I, I always talk about. It doesn't matter what the record is. Those guys have to go out there and perform every single time they're out there because people are watching, either for the rest of this season, for the for the following seasons. Someone has to be you know, doing their job to make sure that they continue to have a job. The same thing goes for coaching and managing. If you are putting a product out there that is not having the success in the way that the Cardinals did this year, which was in one of the worst seasons I have ever witnessed yeah. in my 42 years of, of being a Cardinals fan, it, it just it's hard to watch. And so you understand people eventually lose their jobs. We're not we're not wanting anyone to, but we're not hoping that anyone does. But it happens. So if the Cardinals are going to make a move what are we waiting for? That's the thing is what are we waiting for? Seeing the other teams make the moves. And I was thinking possibly with them, you know, calling off the press conference, that's just them saying, well, you know, with Major League Baseball, sometimes they don't like when there's other distractions going on when you have the playoffs happening currently. And it's a distraction to maybe make some big announcements. Maybe that's the reason why the Cardinals wanted to possibly postpone their postmortem press conference, I guess is yeah. the way to, to phrase that, uh, to give a eulogy for what we've seen for this season. 
But at the same time, I think that people are hungry for answers. And with this offseason, and you're making a lot of moves, and maybe this is the way that they approach it, they are working on making some moves behind the scenes, and they will just kind of announce things all at once. Maybe that they've made a trade, and we'll have that press conference. And then, oh, by the way, we're going to make some changes with the coaching staff. Because... John Moselak did mention before the season ended that there will be a natural churn when it comes to the coaching staff. I wonder if they will possibly bring in some coaches that will supplement more of maybe what Ali Marmal is looking for in his coaching staff. And I think you have to address the pitching side of things. I do not like to call for anybody losing their job, but people do have to be held accountable. And if I'm a free agent, starting pitcher, looking for teams, or even if you're just a pitcher in general because the Cardinals do need some bullpen help as well, even look at the bullpen for the Cardinals this past season. 28 blown saves. I know that there's a lot more that goes into those situations. That was bad when they had, I believe, just 17 the year prior. But we saw how much the bullpen just exploded and deteriorate throughout the season. And then you had the starting pitching just never getting off, it felt like, to a good start. And that just really crumbled things. And so when you have not just, you know, maybe one or two starting pitchers or pitchers in general falling apart, if I'm looking at different teams and money talks and that matters, but I want to win, say I'm an Aaron Nola, I want to win after experiencing what he has with the Phillies, I want to go somewhere that is competitive, then I want to know what you're doing in addition to helping because the pitching concerns are a big concern. And maybe just circling back to the Wilson Contreras conversation that we had not too long ago, maybe that's what the Cardinals envision in their mind is by moving Wills Contreras to the outfield that somehow that solves that problem that we've seen with the pitching staff this season. I hope that that's not the case. I hope it's more along the case of they're waiting to make some bigger announcements, possibly a trade, maybe an acquisition or acquisition or something like that with a starting pitcher. And then they'll say, by the way, we're going to make some new additions to our coaching staff to really supplement it. I, I, I was sitting here thinking and I'm wondering Maybe the no news is because there is no news. And maybe waiting an, an yeah. additional 30 days will get Cardinal fans to say, oh, well, we forgot that we didn't like Dusty Blake. Oh, we forgot that we didn't like Ali Marmol. Oh, we <laughs> forgot that. You know, Maybe that's the reason for the no news because there will be no, no changes. News. And so if you make that decision right now while it's fresh in everyone's brain, Oh, it's going to be chaos. It's going to be anarchy. It's going to be, you know, people burning jerseys. And, 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 they're going to march down the Bush Stadium. They're going to march down the Bush Stadium and With burn bow ties. Like, they're yeah. going to burn bow ties. That, that's what will happen if I they come out. I haven't seen him wear a bow tie in so long. <laughs> he kind of changes his fashion every once in a while. And make this decision. So maybe that's why the Cardinals are not saying anything because there won't be any changes. And and so I, here's my here's my thing with, with Ollie. What did he do in his first year as a, uh, as a manager? Led them to the playoffs. Okay. So in his second year, what did he do? Uh, not that. They, they, 20 games under 500. So which one, which one <laughs> is it? That's a fantastic question. You, you can't have it both ways. You can't want to fire him after one bad year, but praise him in the manner in which you do after one year where he took him to the playoffs. So which which manager is he? Give him a third year, maybe a fourth year. See how mm-hmm. this third year goes now. If it's worse next year, oh, oh hey. Well, then nobody's now. job's safe. Nobody. Yes. But the fact that you are are, are ready to, to, as you said, walk down there with your pitchforks after this season, but you were 
elated after the first season. Well, this is this is something to build on. We we're, we're moving in the right direction, and it fell off a cliff. Sometimes it happens. Give him another opportunity because that's what people need in order to prove whether they are really good or they're really bad. And I I think that. You know, you have to look at both years and not just be so glued in on what happened this past season. Yeah, but and the thing is, is that I don't think that the season was a one-off. I think there was a lot of different decisions that kind of led up to this point that definitely points back to the roster construction of not adding some more pitching, not having some pitching available in the minor league system that was available and ready to go. Because if Gordon Graceffo and Michael McGreevy were ready to go, then we would have seen them at some point this season. I think that there was a lot of dominant I don't think it was just one domino that fell like this past season. I think there was a lot of things that have led up to this point. So not only is this a big offseason for Ali Marmol, and by sticking by him, like you said, you give him another chance. You give him another opportunity. I think we're in such a microwave society where we are expecting instant results, and sometimes it takes time to build that, especially when you have a new manager coming in, kind of gaining his ground. There were some changes that happened to the coaching staff. You lost Skip. You also thought you were going to have Matt Holiday going to the season, and you didn't have that. That's why I said possibly supplementing this coaching staff with maybe guys who are in line, not saying that this coaching staff isn't, but more in line with what Ollie knows that this team needs moving forward. Let him have a say in that and what works, and then try to figure it out moving forward. But pitching-wise, you have to figure that out because I think that also factors into your off-season decisions and when starting pitchers are looking at all – because you're everybody needs a starting pitcher, right? How right. many teams – are the Cardinals going to be competing against to get a starting pitcher? Uh, probably ten, and, th- and that's ten to twelve. Yeah, that's why Mo's comments were, were so odd. Uh, listen, I know you know Bally's might not have the best app, but uh, there were probably a lot of people watching when he made this comments and pulled back on the on the three starters thing. And we've already played the audio a couple times, and it's that's it's there's a reason why it's such an odd piece of audio because not only does everybody else need pitching, but in the last month pitchers have come off the board and in. Urias and and um, Otani, and so the market got smaller, and now you're saying you're going to pull back on it. So the problem is, I there's been no reason to think it is just one year. Unfortunately, even even when you you just look at two years ago, everything that happened this year isn't getting fixed and having a strong offense even for that little span of time didn't do anything and so the situational hitting yeah, at times it, it, crucial it was, moments was bad even when they were even when they were a winning team in the playoffs and you see what you saw what happened there but just overall just people are not stupid they're, they're they're putting two and two together which is you need three starters but there's not going to be three quality starters probably on the board for you to get when you have to compete with the rest of baseball trying to improve pitching you're not going to get three quality starters that's why he's pulling back he's trying to manage expectations that's why the original statement in July was we and that's why the, the the public pulling back is odd. And then again, pulling away from any public statement means that people just have time to speculate, which is an issue going back to April when we were just speculating about other <laughs> weird things about the specu- team. It's just well, their communication's bad. They're just they're bad. They're bad at communicating with the fans right now. What I would what I would like to, if I could give some of the people in the Cardinals organization some some truth serum, like Ali, yes. uh, uh, Mo. And ask them how many of these guys are really professional. They're professional players, but we know that there are levels to to being that, right? So how many of these guys are truly starters, meaning starting pitching, uh, starting, starting position players in Major League Baseball? Because I think they had more of those guys playing mm-hmm. than, than they would have liked. 
they're good guys, right? Great guys, good good guys to <laughs> to help out in 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 certain roles, but probably not guys you want to lean on mm-hmm. to help you win games day in and day out. And I think that that's part of the problem. I think when you, when we talk about when you talk about Ali and, and the performance or how poorly he didn't he performed all season long. You have to look at the roster that was given to him. You got two pitchers that were looking for a deal that ended up not getting a deal and getting traded. You lost three more pitchers from the bullpen. Was it three? Stratton, Hicks, Cabrera that were they were they, they're playing pretty well right now. And yeah. so you have to well, look other at than Hicks and Cabrera. Well, oh, they're yeah, done. But they're they done. did great but before they, they that. They were yes. playing pretty well. You look at all of those things and you try to figure out why this team was not great and what happened and it has to do with the the players on the field. It has to do with the players that are being brought in to play on the field. And then you look at the managing and managerial situations where, nah, I didn't like that decision. Nah, why did you take him out? Oh, why didn't why didn't you give him more opportunity, more rope to to go out there and continue his job? There are now when I if you want to talk about the manager, let's talk about let's talk about the base paths. Let's talk about uh, mm-hmm. the, some of the, the, the shifts, the non shifts and not being in the right spots to feel balls. Those I think are on the manager. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if the ball is hit right to you, you should collect that ball and throw them out. So those are parts where you can't look at the coach and say, Hey, he's not doing a good enough job. Now what I, I, I I'm watching the Phillies run the bases. And I'm like, Ooh, uh, Trey Turner stole a couple of bases in the first, in the first game. <laughs> give me, give me more of that. Some aggressive moves like that. Something yes. that it makes it, 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 it's intriguing. It's fun. You got guys that can do it. Just the, the analytics over take over everything. And sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't allow you to actually feel the game in the manner in which you should. And, and that's the thing is managing these guys and getting the best out of them, I think, is the big part. And just to circle back to it. Look, if they, I'm fine with them not having a press conference. I've kind of come to terms, obviously, that they're not having the press conference, the postmortem, because it was supposed to happen yesterday. I'm fine with you not having it. Now, when you do have it, I want some big announcements. I want maybe something to get excited about, yes. a.k.a. that you've signed a really good starting pitcher, not just an okay starting pitcher, but a really good starting pitcher. A pitcher. If you're holding off for that, then I'm fine with that. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> That's Brooke. I'm Kerry. Coming up next, can the cheetah catch the champ? <laughs> Are the Dolphins real, and are they a real contender to push the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC? We'll talk about it next on the opening drive. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. He's Keenan. When the Miami Dolphins come to Arrowhead Stadium this year, guess what we gonna do? Guess what we gonna do? I hate to say it, man. I hate to throw up the peace sign against y'all. I hate to do it. 
But guess what? I'm going to be y'all worst enemy that day. I'm going to be y'all worst enemy that day. That is Tyreek Hill just living rent-free in his opponent's head, essentially. I, I like the cheetah. I like the trash talk that he has. And look, he backs it up on the field. So this leads to my question, Carrie. Can the cheetah catch the champ? Are the Dolphins a real Super Bowl contender in the AFC? Or is the conference still Patrick Mahomes to win or lose? You know what's crazy? We, we came into this season so high on the AFC side. You had Joe Burrow. You got Josh Allen. You got Tua. You had Aaron Rodgers. He went down. Lamar Jackson. You had Trevor Lawrence supposed to take the next step. You had all of these guys. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the we're, we're only five weeks in, but really the only one that has played to the level, or the only two are Tua and here we are, the same one, Patrick Mahomes. Those are the guys. And so do I think that the, the the Miami Dolphins can chase down the the Kansas City Chiefs? I think there's an opportunity to. I think the Miami Dolphins, I mean, I, they should win that division. Buffalo had a terrible loss over the weekend. Yes. Granted, it was in London. So, you know, you, you maybe take that with a grain of salt. But You put an asterisk there? Yeah. <laughs> something. <laughs> I'm sure right. they no, wish. You throw it out of the window. It doesn't no, count. No, no it, it counts. It goes on their record. It's a loss. They, they It's a, it's a it shouldn't. notch on the L side. They, they mark it down. Um, but while I'm looking at what this this Miami Dolphins team, they have so much explosion, explosive players on their team. Now, Devon Chan just is down now, I think, with a knee injury, but they still have Raheem Mostert. And so they are they are so explosive offensively. They scored 70 points. Hadn't seen that done since, I think, the 50s or the 60s. Mm -hmm. Just a spectacular game for them. They are playing at an extremely high level. The Kansas City Chiefs, for me, still – don't feel it feels like they're missing something they're right? missing that they're missing a guy mm -hmm. they're missing Kadarius Tony has to step up and be a guy uh, Rasheed Rice has to step up and be a guy we know that Travis Kelsey Travis Kelsey is the guy but it still feels somebody like somebody else other than him somebody Justin Watson has been playing pretty well now he's maybe turning into one of the guys but they just have to they they, they still feel like it's I don't know what it is, and, and you know, we talk about for as much crap as Eric Bieniemy got, oh, he doesn't call plays. He's just there. Andy Reid, I think he called the plays. Yeah. And I, I think it's evident, and maybe that's what this team is missing, that that fire, that aggression, that, that guy that just gets after people all the time, constantly making sure that everyone is in the right spot, doing the right thing. Because when I looked at what Kadarius Tony did a couple of weeks ago where he dropped all of those passes – I do not believe in my heart of hearts that he drops that many passes if Eric Bieniemy is the OC. No. Because he's just a guy that constantly rides guys and makes sure that they are in the right place, doing the right thing. The little details. The small details, and he's he's on it. So maybe that's what this Chiefs team is missing right now is Eric Bieniemy and his fire and his play calling because it does feel a little bit off right now. And the thing is, is it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes, right? Because it seems like he always finds a way. And even after beating the Vikings this past Sunday, he was able to add to just his growing list of accomplishments. Did you see that where he's now beaten all 31 NFL teams other than the Chiefs, obviously. Right. So hopefully he will retire with the Chiefs <laughs> where he's not beating all of the 32 teams. But still, he was able to accomplish that. But Tua, to me, is just so intriguing because we've seen the comparisons of Tua and the Dolphins offense, the comparisons to 
the greatest show on turf because they lead so many offensive categories. Now, in my opinion, you can't be compared fully to the greatest show on turf until you win a championship. But still, they are such an explosive, exciting offense to walk. But we did see maybe some cracks in recent games. With the yeah, well, and I it's think just that, small that cracks. Buffalo Bills game was was uh, uh, intriguing one because I didn't expect them to perform that way. They gave up too many points on the defensive end, in which yes. you know they just couldn't keep up with the Bills at that time. But offensively, I really like Mike McDaniel's. He's quirky. Oh, he's yeah. strange. He's weird. But it works. But he's honest, and so. After the game, they talked about how uh, he had his team was was the leading um, yards getter in, in five games. He, oh, great! We can we can end the season now. That's, that's <laughs> that was our goal. Like he's so honest and open, and he he understands. And so you know the running game is impactful how they do it, and and the way that they run the ball, they have success with it, which allows them to have the passing game. And you got guys like Tariq and and Jalen Waddle who are able to just run past people. They are an explosive offense, and they are a threat to anyone that they go against. And the Chiefs will be facing the Dolphins on November 5th. That is the 8.30 a.m. game. That's a little too early, I think. But still, <laughs> where do you think that those teams will be at at that point? November uh, 5th. Well, I, I, let me let the Both Chiefs. Both are 4-1 and one right now. So the Chiefs have, I mean, they, they Chiefs have the Broncos, they have the, Bron- the Chargers, win, charge, win, and, and the Broncos. And the so Broncos. They'll, be, they'll be, what's that? Seven and one going into that game, yep. and the Dolphins have in that same time the Panthers, the Eagles, the Patriots, and then the Chiefs. So they, I mean, that Eagles game is going to be a tough. Yeah, one. that's in Philly. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. So maybe they are six and two going into that game, seven and one. Either way, it's going to be it's going to be a great matchup between uh, the Chiefs and the uh, and the and the Dolphins uh, in in London. Is that where they're playing that one at? Is it London? I know it's at eight thirty, so I'm assuming it's in London, but. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be one of those games. Oh, it's in Germany. It's Frankfurt oh, Stadium. It is. That Damn. is the Germany game at six thirty a.m. Flip a coin. <laughs> Which team gets over there sooner? Which team gets acclimated to the time and is able to figure out what what, what day it is? And, <laughs> that, and avoid the, the beer fest until man, after. Just, that's yeah, it. well, it's October is the beer fest. And no, no, do that. Oh, is that I just don't know. Here? I just assume that they just October do it all the time. Fest, no, that's, no, that's definitely a thing in Germany. Yeah, so it'd be November. So it'll be okay. I, I just f- believe that they always have beer fest. I don't know. I know all f- times of year. I know Frankfurt has Christmas markets, but I'm Frankfurt. pretty sure they have. Yeah, you're Frankfurt? right. I got you, buddy. I got you. I got you, buddy. Stay tuned. Oh, Stay tuned. That's not oh, that's Hold on quick. I just, I just need to read these two texts because I don't have BK here, and I would very much like to read them oh, to him okay. to get his reaction. But I have Carrie here, so we'll, we'll, we'll make do. Um, Pat Mahomes has been mediocre this season. React. I, I, I don't agree. Yeah. I think Patrick Mahomes is. Oh, sorry, I should have done that like McGregor. Uh, Pat Mahomes, uh, yeah, tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mad Dog style, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't think he's been mediocre. I think again, when you lose your offensive coordinator, Patrick Mahomes is uh, seventh in the league right now in, in passing yards, which again, not what you expect, but he's top five in touchdowns. So I think you 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 not having Eric Bieniemy has been such an impactful thing for this team right now. Still trying to figure out who that 
number two receiver is because we know Travis Kelsey is your number one. He's been banged up, though. He missed the first game. He uh, hurt his ankle in the last game, which looked worse than I think it actually is. But you, you're you're having a guy that is, is getting banged up a little bit as your number one receiver. So who is the next guy that's going to step up? I actually love what Isaiah Pacheco is doing running the ball. They're actually allowing him to run the football. So maybe that's a bit of a shift with Eric Bieniemy not being the uh, OC. But I don't think he's been – I don't think he's been mediocre. I think the talent around him has to play and perform better because, like I said, Kadarius Toney dropped about four passes in that opening game. And, and I was, was waiting was for rough. a better response yeah. from him in these other games. He has all of the talent. I just I don't know why it hasn't clicked just yet. No. Well, that's Kerry. I'm Brooke. Coming up next on the opening drive, it's time to get your text in for Take It or Leave It. You can text into the Air Comfort Service text line. That is 314-399-9646. Yo-ho. You can also... Check us out on YouTube, by the way. You can see Carrie, you can see me, you can see Rockio, and you can see us on the Air Alliance Studio Cams on our YouTube channel. Just type in 101 ESPN where you can watch us and also send in your take it or leave it. So that's coming up next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grizzly, and it is time for Take It or Leave It. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Uh, Brooke, so yes. we were just talking about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins. They will play in a few weeks in a game in, <laughs> what would you call it, Rock Frankfurt? You Frankfurt. Said Frankfurt. Frankfurt. Take Frankfurt. it or leave it. The NFL dropped the ball. This game should not be at 8.30 a.m. It should be at 7.30 p.m. on a Sunday night or uh, a Monday night. I'm going to take it. And I want it on American soil. Man, that, yo, is a, that is a great game that I want to see played it, in the U.S. of A. That is a game I want to see here. I'm not, I'm Germany not mad doesn't about deserve that. That's, that. That's, that's how you reach out to the other countries. You no, give them quality no. games. You give them what we watched last no, night. No, that's what we've been doing with that's what we were doing with London. That's why you we keep giving them the give Jaguars. That. You give them Bears versus Broncos. No, that's why we keep yes. giving them American football. Justin no. Fields is great. Russell Carrie, Wilson Carrie, is going to be a Hall of Famer. Sean Payton has won a Super Bowl. You know how you that's Carrie, how you sell it. Carrie. That's what you that's all you have Carrie. to do. You don't give them Patrick Mahomes versus the Miami Dolphins. You don't give them Tua versus Pat. You don't give them the the, the Cheetah versus nope. Andy. You don't do that. That's not the game you give them. You give them what we had to watch at noon last week. <laughs> the Broncos if versus you, the Bears. That's the you. game you give them. If you hadn't shoved the Jaguars down London's throat for a decade, there'd but be a they team got the there Bills by now. Versus the Jaguars, well, which saying. was a pretty decent game. <laughs> now that week before. They got the Jaguars versus the Falcons, and they had to endure. You give them games that they have to endure, and you give us games we get to enjoy. This is how you market launch with a real game. Well, not that real game. When you played in Tokyo, what time was that game? Do you know? Oh, my God. Listen, Brooke. And what was that game? It was a preseason game. It was when I was with the Falcons, and we were playing the Colts. 
and it was the Tokyo Bowl, and it was... I don't remember anything because we got over there. <laughs> this is no exaggeration. It's like, I think, a 12-hour time difference. I, I'm, I'm not sure how many. 14, maybe. I don't know. Either way, we got over there. I was unable to regain the time frame until like three, four days in. We played the game. By the time I got acclimated to the time there, it was time to go. <laughs> and I got back to Atlanta and we had a meeting at our normal damn time. And I literally was woke up 10 minutes before the meeting. I stayed 15 minutes from the facility and was driving 100 miles an hour to get to work <laughs> because I had no clue as to what time. It felt like a fever dream. I didn't dream. know what time yeah. zone I was in, man. <laughs> Come on. You want me? You seriously? And so then you're going to do that to Tua and Patrick Mahomes. I didn't know. I had yeah. no clue as to where I was, what time it was, what day of the week it was, what city on mm-hmm. the earth I was in. It's just, it's a difficult thing to adapt in that short of time frame. And then your routine. Because yes. players, you you guys have a very specific routine. Yes. And I think one of the biggest culture shocks, having gone to Japan too, and I'm sure other parts of the world, is that things are different in a lot of different ways, including your hotel room or where yes. you stay. So I don't even know how that was for it, you in that experience. Just, everything was different. Everything's just, different. And so cool. then you're I mean, thrown they, off a little bit, maybe. They make it as, as easy and accommodating. As, and accommodating as possible. But again, there's no accommodation for that jet lag and the time change and you trying to figure out what day of the week it is. There's nothing you can do about that. Oh, I like that. Well, take it or leave it, guys. Did you see some of the exciting news for the 2028 Olympics that includes possibly cricket, lacrosse, and then this one, flag football in the Olympics? Take it or leave it. We need to let some NFL players in that so that they the USA oh. can just completely dominate. I'm going to leave it. Oh, uh, no. Robert Edwards, uh, former New England Patriot, former Georgia Bulldog, tore his knee up in a flag oh. football game. Uh, in in at the Pro Bowl many many years ago and never I was ne- say, it was a gold medal? it was no. really bad so <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it okay Kerry why do you not want then, the rest of the world to fall in love with football what's your why do you not want football. the why do you not want the dream team of football Rock you sent over the team that you sent that you said was outstanding to you, that product that they sent in the world championships and you got the audacity to talk to me about <laughs> better players going across the we got to do better what the hell wants to watch that we got to do better no no you going to send them in basketball send them in football send them send them the bears versus broncos we're good Nobody wants to. We're going to wreck and we're going to absolutely wreck and flag football and lacrosse. It's going to be awesome. It'd be great. What do we have on the text line? Um, Take it or or leave it. Cardinals do not sign any of the top three free agent pitchers, which I guess would be Nola Snell. Sonny Gray or Yamamoto? Erod, one of the Japanese pitchers. Yamamoto. Yamamoto probably. I think it would be Nola. It's Nola Nola Snell are number one and two. And then I think there's a little bit of a drop off to Gray, Erod, Jordan Montgomery, that grouping. And so if you slot in maybe one of the Japanese pitchers, Yamamoto up there, maybe that's number three. They get none. He says, take it or leave it. They get none of those three. That'd be, again, anarchy. Um. If I don't I, think I don't think Aaron Nola is coming. I, and here's you go back to Philly. If if they if they were two and zero, they, they 
it's going to be crazy regardless. But they're one and one. They have an opportunity. They win. Let's say they beat the Braves. Yeah. Go on to another World Series. Whether they win or lose, Philadelphia is going to make a a sizable offer to keep his services. Are the Cardinals going to be able to match or go beyond that number? Because if you are just matching, why would I leave? I got my kids, family. Uh, I think he's just about he's about to have a child, right? Yeah. And he just post that. Mm-hmm. You got you got family. Like people have to consider it's not just it's just not family. one person. Yeah, you know, your family. They're in family. school and class and <laughs> they got jobs and you want your family to be safe where they are. And so you, it's not just one person moving. It's an entire, you know, you, so you're, you're, you're uprooting everything. Unless, if they, if the Phillies offer him $29 million well, a year. Snell. Okay. Snell is, Snell is interesting. Snell? Well, Derek Gould did post in one of I'm his gonna, more recent I'm stories gonna, gonna talking about it. Snell. They he also none. talked about Tyler Glass now. They get none. None of the, 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 the free agents. They may get someone in... Uh, be a trade. Somebody said, but it. do they have a free zoo? I don't know. I don't think so. Damn right. Thank you. And I we told Aaron so. Nola about that, so he knows about that. So he's factoring that. I'm going to have to take it to, and just for the fact of Mosellock walking back on his comments about the three starting pitchers, it's hard for me to then really envision what's and going to happen. I want to be wrong. Pitching. I, I want to be wait wrong. Until the day after they sign Sonny Gray, Randy is going to be. <laughs> Ooh, he's going to be celebrating. Be, he's, no, he won't be. It'll be fantastic. Take it or leave it. Germany should have the biggest. <laughs> Bundesliga match played in the U.S. for getting Chiefs Dolphins. Take it. Take if it. you are going to, you're going to take that amazing game from us. Then I want a Bundesliga game here no. at City Park. No. Why not? Because have you ever seen Bayern versus Dortmund? Like a picture of what happens during that match? It's chaos. It's complete chaos. And I want like, that. It looks like a. It looks like a Is war's about to break chaos? out. It's no, no, no. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> and we can't, we don't want that here. Why not? You think you do? You don't want that here. I and don't also, know. I, I want to see it. I just for I don't think like security wise we have enough security. We can handle that? it. I just don't. I think they'd be like, hey, we want to bring in this. We want to bring in this thing that's gonna. We want to bring in this thing that's gonna cover the entire stadium in, in red smoke. A and bunch like, of Messi's bodyguards. <laughs> we just deploy them Messi's here. Messi's guy, <laughs> and he can handle it. We, I've seen just, him handle it. Did you see him swoop in on a kid this past weekend? I didn't see that there was no. a kid that tried to run up yeah. on, which he probably shouldn't just run up on Messi. Tried to run up on Messi, and then the security guard just swooped in and him. grabbed him. But. Then Messi still talked to him and signed his like, jersey. I'm confident, guys like that. I'm confident we can take a football game and show them, hey, this is how we do football here. But I'm not – see, this, like taking a, a Bundesliga match to here would be like taking a college football game to Germany. That's I don't want because they, they're not going to get the – they're not going to get the, 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 the emotion and the vibe right at all. Nah. I think we could get close, but I mean – Ooh, the biggest Bundesliga match, even in City Park, I just don't know if it's going to have not? that same effect. I'm saying, why not? If they're going to take a great oh. game like the Chiefs and the Dolphins, right. then I want something want in return. And and, and when you say here, you mean here, here in St. Louis. Yes, why is St. Louis at the most electric park? An because we are we are we are the, the, the NFL soccer gave, capital. But the NFL yes. gave don't Germany. Why would, We're you're, the soccer you're capital. Too much, why would an NFL? You're, you're putting oh. too much logic into it. Don't worry about nope, it. Nope, nope. <laughs> We're the soccer capital. That's, always, that's all. That's always, the point there. Always my uh, issue on this show. <laughs> too much logic. Take it or leave it. Travis and Taylor are the new David and Victoria. We talked about this before. Have they sealed themselves to that echelon? Leave it. By the way, the Beckhams just had a documentary come out about them Talk on Netflix. Talk about their cheating. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you want that. So I'm gonna have to leave it now. 
I've only seen just kind of bits and pieces. I haven't sat down and watched it it's just fantastic. yet. But I've seen the part it's where fantastic. David Beckham addresses his cheating whenever he signed with Madrid, right? Was that was that what that was? Oh, I haven't hit this part yet. Yeah, you haven't seen that part. No, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm on the. I'm on the. I guess that's. Er, I guess that's early episode four. Because I'm. I mean, he's, it's already out there. Yeah, you were alive I knew, during I, that time. I mean, I knew. Sure, I, I knew about the story. Um, yeah. I'm just about to hit that spot, but the, the it's been fan, it's been a fantastic documentary. You, you should watch it if you have Netflix. Yeah. Just I, side thing. You know, happy for Travis and Taylor, but. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have anything else to say about that, Carrie? Nah, no, I, I, nah, I'm, oh, okay. I'm no? Taylor. Right. I'm, I'm, what are they? You're a Swifty. No, Taylor You're not a Swifty? Travis and Taylor, whatever they, they're called. I'm, trailer? I'm, I'm, trailer. That's I'm, not, I'm, no, I don't I'm, like that one. I'm trailered out. <laughs> <laughs> trailered out. <laughs> Thank you, Rock. Thank you, Carrie. Do the, does baseball need to have a look at its format? A lot of the home teams are struggling this playoffs. We'll talk about it next on the opening drive. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. The benefit of that you get is you get to say, all right, Spencer Strider, game one, Max Freed, game two. And if you lose, that's on you. That's not on everybody else. We don't have to change the formatting and we don't have to reseed play better right i know like i think i saw i saw a stat today that the team that has more rest uh it loses a lot in the like the last five years or so i just i don't like the idea that you were the best team you were rewarded by having the buy and getting to get healthy if you had guys banged up you get to you know pick exactly who you want for the first couple games of that series and now all of a sudden, because you didn't play your best game in game one, now it's not fair. We need to change the rules. That is Russ Dorsey, a baseball insider on foul territory, talking about a subject that has a lot of people fired up right now. That question being, does baseball have a problem with its format? I'm Brooke, alongside Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker with the day off. And here's the thing. Ken Rosenthal kind of added to the fire a little bit yesterday, Kerry, because he put out an article that says in on the headline, does MLB's playoff format already need changes as higher seeds lose advantage? And he cited the five-day layoff that we have seen as maybe a big issue here and how basically what you do in the regular season doesn't really secure you anything with the way that this playoff format is played out because you have the five days off and maybe the momentum shifts there. But to be fair, I'm going to have to agree with Russ Dorsey. Play better. 
That's uh, yeah. that's that's what I have to say. Play better. And if you want things to be fair, and I'm putting this in air quotes, if you want it to be fair, we're the best team with the best record in the regular season, then I don't know, maybe get rid of the wild cards, which you wouldn't do that because right. I like those stories. I like those stories. If we cheer on the Cinderella story of basically of college baseball, I want to see kind of the underdog get a chance. And nothing that you do in the regular season for many sports guarantees you success in the yeah. postseason. I think Russ hit the nail on the head. I mean, you get your opportunity if you are if you have a buy, if you don't have a game, you get your opportunity to reset your your rotation, which I think any team would appreciate having the ability to put their number one, their ace, yeah. as the starter for game one, uh, as opposed to having to just go with what the rotation is based on how the season ended. You may be starting your number four guy in a playoff game that you have to win. So the fact that you get an opportunity and and and, and agreed, if you don't like it, play better. You know, you, those guys haven't been performing well enough. We talked about the Dodgers earlier. If you get two innings from your two starting pitchers in your first two games, who's at fault? Is it the seeding? Is it the fact that you had a, a, a some time off? No, it's the fact that those guys did not go out there and perform well enough. Is it Dave Roberts' fault? Should he have not started Clayton Kershaw? I don't think that that's the issue. I think it's the pitching hadn't done good enough. And the and we talked about it earlier, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman are 1-4-13 in their first two games. You are not going to win. Yeah, whatever. Right. <laughs> you don't like it, play better. And you know, the, the purest... Uh, response to this is we'll go back to three division winners and one oh, wild yes. card team. But the fact of the matter is cutting down playoff games will never happen because that means cutting down money. So I like what Brandon Watson did on the YouTube chat. And again, if you want to join the show, you can do that on the text line 314-399-9646 or you can go on the text uh, or the YouTube chat. Uh, just follow us on YouTube at 101 ESPN STL. Brandon Watson said, add two more teams, no buys, you shorten the season to 154 games and you make every single postseason series seven games there therefore but then when does you the don't season look, end that's that's, that's the problem you'd that's have to start never this, you'd have to start the season that's three long. weeks earlier yeah so march cold 14th? cold weather it's games freezing. there you're still finishing in november so it's like, that, it's you're like after losing, thanksgiving you're not losing games and you're adding games listen it's the it's a feasible opinion because anything that adds games and adds money is the only way this possibly could go i don't see that's too i, I don't but see the, that's the only way it goes in the future i don't the, see NCAA many tournament it's only going to add teams i don't see many uh times where you're going to shorten a season especially baseball baseball is such a number driven sport that 162 games that if you are short by a few hits or you're short by a few home runs and you only played 154 games as opposed to 162 that that those numbers mean a lot more in in baseball they're starting to mean a lot more in other sports but they have always meant more in baseball than other sports i don't think you'll be cutting any games off and adding seven-game series throughout the entire playoffs, it feels like that's going to be forever. That's too – and that's the thing. That's too long to basically yes. be playing uh, till after Thanksgiving, I think, mm. is, is a big issue there. And that's why I said I don't have a problem. I know that we're seeing kind of a small sample size with this new format, but I seriously don't have a problem with it. Now, even trying to find a way to eliminate the five days, I don't know how you can because then you would have travel days that factor into this. How does that change things? I don't know if there's a possibility where you could eliminate these five days off. And that should be an advantage because when you're playing, 
You enjoyed your bye weeks, Give right? Me the bye week. I don't know why we're complaining about teams that have a bye week. Time to get to rest and relax and reset. How in the, how, how do you how do you get awarded the 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 benefits of all of your labor and then you complain about it? Come on, man. Not, you just you aren't playing well enough, and it's not like Philadelphia should have won that game last night against Atlanta. They allowed Atlanta to get back into the game. They allowed them to 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 find a way to score a run with the Albies hitting and Acuna coming around and scoring. They allowed them back into that game. They should have stepped on their throats and not allowed any air in and not allowed them to breathe, but they have. And now Atlanta has an opportunity in this series. I think I think that just just one more thing on that though is that imagine if the Braves didn't win. I think this would have heated up the conversation yeah, even more because you see what's happening with the Dodgers. I think that what happened in the first game with the Dodgers and the Braves both losing that's what igniting these the conversation even more. But is there also something to CD about continuing to stay hot and being able to build off of that and not take a break in between? I, 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 yes, or a long there break, is I there guess. is there is something to it where you get a chance to, you know, keep going and and not have to uh, have a break in between. But you always appreciate the break. And the Braves sent Spencer Strider and Max Free to the mound. Who are you mad at, man? <laughs> what, what are we complaining about? You got don't come on. I I, I won't. I no. I'm not gonna. I don't want to hear any of that. What do you have on the text line, Rock? I just had one other one because I like the the ideas. Sorry, that people are throwing out. Three one four says just go back to East and West divisions and get rid of the Central. Then you take the top three teams from the, each of the divisions, and then you're you got six teams right there. Oh, that's I kind of like it. I, I think like maybe it, it evens out the it evens out the competition a little bit. I think you get more of a, a, a better quality because right now there's two divisions in each uh, league that absolutely sucks. Or one division in each league, two divisions in the whole league that suck. I don't know. Just play better. That's how I you feel don't like about it. You like to play it. better. Exactly. Well, that's Gary. I'm Brooke. Coming up next, we're going to head to the Blues booth, our celebrity line, with voice of the Blues, John Kelly, because, guys, it's finally time for a hockey season. The Blues season starts this week. We're going to talk to him about that. That's coming up next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Welcome back to the opening drive. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley. Randy Carricker is out, and we go to the Blues booth in the celebrity line and talk to our good friend, TV voice of the Blues, John Kelly. JK, how are you doing this morning? I'm good, Kerry. How are you guys today? Doing wonderful. Yeah. Uh, the Blues trimmed down their roster. They are set and ready to go. Were there any uh, – is this the group that you expected coming out of training camp would be on this team when they finally did make the roster cutdowns? Well, I, you know, certainly at the start of Camp Carey, you just never know. You know, somebody could come in and, and surprise. Uh, conversely, somebody could have a, you know, a bad camp and, you know, poor preseason games and not make the team. But as, as camp went along and as the players played in the games, it became evident that this was final group. So, um, you know, Rosen going on waivers, perhaps a little bit of a surprise. But the good news for the Blues is that he cleared and is now going to go down to Springfield, and he's obviously still a member of the organization. So, you know, that's a great sign, along with the other players that cleared. So um, I think a lot of times, you know, fans get worried about, 
you know, the waiver period and the final rosters. But, you know, the bottom line is not too many players get picked up um, in the waiver draft at the end of training camp. Um, a lot of teams have players like the Blues have. So um, it, it's good that they didn't lose any players. And, you know, to answer your question, um, I'm not really surprised with the final 23-man roster. Well, J.K., how excited are you just to finally get this season started? It feels like we've been talking all offseason about just some of the changes that we're going to see with the Blues this year, and we'll finally see it in action this Thursday with the Blues on the road. And then they'll be coming back here, a quick turnaround, hosting the Seattle, Seattle Kraken. What are we expecting to see just from in these first two games? Well, I think the start for this team is really important. Uh, remember last year they won their first three games and then lost um, a record-setting eight in a row in regulation and then went on a winning streak, uh, but really never recovered from that three-and-eight hole. So I think that obviously that was a, a punch to the gut last year to, to finish with 81 points. Brooke and, and Kerry, this team has been really good, obviously, for the last 10 years or so. And now they have to get their confidence back and their mojo back. So I think that perhaps more than um, any other time in the last decade or so, I think the start is really important. You know, if they could get off to a, you know, a six and four start at the worst, I think that could go a long way to this team having a really good season. John, we got this text yesterday, and I thought it was pretty interesting. It said the Blues are bringing back essentially the same defensemen. So what should we expect to be different from this year in comparison to last year? Well, they are carry, but also that same group um, was on the team two years ago and they had 109 points. So, you know, are they as good as that team that had 109 or are they as bad as the team that had 81? I mean, talking about the whole group and defensively, I think they're somewhere between. And, you know, I think this team is certainly capable of getting uh, between 95 and 100 points. And if things go really well, who knows, maybe more than that. Um, but I don't think there's any question that the Blues – have the capabilities of being a playoff team. Um, but it's not just the six or seven or eight defensemen on an every you know night basis. Uh, this team has got to play a better team uh, defense, and I think they will. They have a new co- coach uh, defensively with Mike Weber, and they're going to play a, a different type of system, basically defend the ice in, in quadrants and have the center um, basically attack the puck wherever it might be. So, um, let's let's hope that this new system and you know the new coaches can come in and, and turn it around and and make it a better year and make it a better defensive year. Also, when we were talking about just trimming down the roster, the Blues decided to go with 13 forwards, including keeping Alexandrov, who went out over McEachern and Nathan Walker. What did you think about that decision? Well, he's a really good young player, and um, no offense to McEachern or or Nathan Walker or anyone else, um, you know, those guys are sort of what they are, where to me, Alexandrov has more upside. He's, he's still a, a very young player, has, has played few games in the National Hockey League. And, you know, my take on him and watching him play last year is he's a smart player and he can be a physical player. Not that he's the biggest guy in the world, um, but I, I think his upside is pretty good. And um, I think the Blues certainly didn't want to lose him and they want to develop them as quickly as they can so um not a not a shock and again it's also not a shock that that walker or mckechran did get picked up john is there a player on this roster that you're looking at that you expect to have maybe one of those breakout type of years um you know i i think that that a player like 
you know, what, I, I'm not sure how you define a breakout year, but, you know, Robert Thomas is a player that to me um, is now to me a veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a rookie when they won the cup back in 1819 and, you know, dealt with some injuries the last couple of years and things like that. And, you know, no, no longer playing in the shadow really of, of a guy like Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, he's the guy now, Robert Thomas, as the top center iceman, but has a lot of support with Shannon, now Hayes, and, and of course, Sunquist coming back. So I, I certainly don't think it's inconceivable that Robert Thomas is a 100-point man, um, either this year or, or, or soon. Um, he certainly is capable. And at the same time, Jordan Cairo, I think he had 37 goals last year. Uh, there's no reason he can't approach 50 goals. And I know Robert said the same thing a few weeks ago. So I, I would say those are the breakout guys. But, you know, Buchnevich is a guy that plays on that line, um, Brook and Carey, that he is uh, a really good all-around player. I think he's one of the more underrated players in the NHL. And that line has looked really good this preseason. And they're going to start Thursday night in, in Dallas. So, I think that line has the makings of being a really good number one line, and it's it's really exciting. I think the only big question mark I have going into this season is watching how the Blues will handle Scott Perunovich and also Tori Krug. We've seen both of them during the preseason. How do you think that the Blues will maneuver that throughout the season? Well, you know, Perunovich, obviously, Brooke, is, a, is an offensive-minded defenseman and uh, can run a power play. He's a, he's a fabulous skater. And, you know, I guess the bottom line is, do they need both players, assuming everybody's healthy, in the lineup on the same night? Um, because they really do the same type of thing. But obviously, Krug is a, is a seasoned veteran. I mean, he played in two Stanley Cup finals and, and is a really good player and, you know, is, is coming back. And I think like other defensemen on the team, he's got some things to prove. So, you know, I don't think there's any question that Krug will be in the lineup every night. Um, but, you know, when injuries hit, and unfortunately they will, um, obviously Perunovich will get a shot. And, you know, for me personally, I know that, you know, he's, he's come to this organization with a lot of upside and, and um, a, a lot of people think he could be a good player. But I'd like to see him play 25, 30 games in a row or a, a big chunk of that in a couple of month period and to see what this kid can do because we haven't really seen – even the tip of the iceberg of what Perunovich could do because he, he basically basically has been hurt his entire career as, as an NHLer. Last question for me, John. The uh, Blues kick off their season Thursday uh, in Dallas. What are the realistic expectations for this team for 23-24? Well, I, as I said, I, I think that, you know, if you look at the last couple of years, you know, two years ago, really good year and gave Colorado a great run when they won the cup. And last year, obviously a big disappointment. I think they're somewhere in between. As I said, I, I don't think there's any question they are capable of getting between 95 and hundred points, which will get you in the playoffs. And, you know, aside from, from Dallas and Colorado in the central division, every other team in the division, including the blues has question marks. So uh, there's no reason why if the blues had a really good year and, you know, got some breaks and stayed relatively healthy. There's no reason they can't finish in third place or who knows even higher if things happen to Dallas or Colorado. So I, I think they're a, a playoff capable team. Uh, but again, they need to stay healthy and, and play better. And um, hopefully things will turn out this year as we expect. The Blues take on the Dallas Stars this Thursday at 7 p.m. You can catch J.K. and Jamie, our great friend on Bally Sports. We look forward to you uh, on Thursday and look forward to talking to you next week as well. 
Okay, thanks for having me. Have a good week. That was John Kelly, TV voice of the Blues, joining us. And, Brooke, the Blues start off on Thursday. We we saw how last season started, three in a row, and then <laughs> eight in a row in the wrong direction. So, I, I'm, I'm, I guess, cautiously optimistic about yeah. this season. I guess that's the, the best way to put it. Yeah, I, I think everybody is, right? It's just seeing because you've seen the outsiders and the way that they have really looked at the Blues going the season, and which which is fair because the drop-off was very dramatic last year for the Blues, and maybe they can turn it around this season. I do think what he touched on, Pavel Buchnevich is a very underrated player in mm-hmm. the NHL, and seeing that top line with Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo will be exciting. The biggest question still is just what will this defense look look like what will this defensive unit look like will it be enough of a change because I know that it is the same guys from two years ago as JK mentioned but two will years this... older too though yeah, yeah. and <laughs> what about the system change will the system change work out essentially yeah. we'll, we'll see I mean if uh, I just want to see if they're all tied together if they're all working together they're going on a bonding trip oh that's wonderful in Dallas Texas do is it. there is there fun things to do in Dallas I'm sure the Cowboys don't play I don't know what there's some things to do in Dallas I'm sure yeah it's, it, it's, it's, it's good city, enough it's a you know, city with an international airport it's gonna have something it, going on it's good enough to to do what you need to do to prepare for your opening that's, night game yeah that's, that's the mark yeah. Brooke if you, if, you, if you don't have an international airport you, you suck is that how it is <laughs> yeah, well that's when that's when things started kind of why'd you look, why'd you look oh, out why'd you look outside yeah what was that <laughs> I was looking towards Lambert <laughs> oh, okay forlornly I don't actually think it's that direction I think it's more like it's more that Direction? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Looking there at you, go. Lambert. Uh, coming up next, we have the fight. Brock, we need a fighter? Yes, we do. Uh, text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646-314-399-9646-314-399-Yo-ho. Text your name and the word fight, and you'll have an opportunity to fight me next the on the Bearded Opening Drive. The Bearded Brain. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. To the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe Listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. The opening drive, Brooklyn here alongside Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. No Randy Carriker today, so it is going to be Kerry Davis, the bearded brain, stepping up to the challenge of the fight again today. Obviously, we have a new fighter because Kerry was able to pull off a victory, but can he do it two days in a row? Will he be like the Diamondbacks, where he's able to get oh, back-to-back victories? There you go. I don't know. We'll see. Andrew is going to be our fire today. Andrew, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. You excited? Um, I'd rather take on the bearded brain than character. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing: you say you might be like the Di- the Diamondbacks, or is Andrew going to be like the rest of the MLB playoffs and pull off an upset? Oh, 
there you go. There you you never go. know. You never know. All right, Andrew, are you ready to take on Carrie Davis in the fight? Yes, ma'am. Okay, let's go ahead and get started with question number one. Happy birthday to Hall of Famer Chris Pronger. Which team did the Blues acquire Pronger from? Was it the Calgary Flames, the Anaheim Ducks, or the Hartford Whalers? Calgary Flames. Last night, Jose Altuve moved up to third on the all-time list for multi-hit postseason games. Which American League great holds the record with almost 60? Is it Chipper Jones, Manny Ramirez, or Derek Jeter? I got to go with Jeter. (laughs) Who was the only blue last season to tally multiple hat tricks? Was it Pavel Buchnevich, Braden Shin, or Jordan Cairo? I have no idea. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with Braden Shin. All right. When Matt Holliday dropped the fly ball in game two of the 2009 NLDS against the Dodgers, which Dodgers infield had hit the ball? Had, you know, had been at the plate and had hit the ball. Was that Casey Blake, Raphael Fercal, or James Loney? I'm going to go with Raphael Fercal. All right. We're going to double check the score and we're going to bring in Randy Carricker. Not Randy. Oh, whoa, oh that sorry. Be, uh, did bring, you do that I, again? I am so locked into like I, it, it is. It is an engine. <laughs> it is a gear in my brain that I simply just turn when I need to, and it, and, and it uh, has Randy. Sorry. Well, we're gonna double check the score and bring in uh, Carrie Davis. Carrie Davis. There you go, Andrew. How are you feeling? Um, not too good. Not too good. Not Was there anything in particular no, that no. you were hoping for? Baseball. I, well, I'm news. more of a football than than hockey, so of oh. course I got hockey. <laughs> I can't give Carrie too many football because then people complain that I'm like lobbing them easy ones. Yeah. Yeah. Softball questions. You know, yeah. Things. Softball <laughs> questions with the football. Yeah. Carrie, say hi to Andrew. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm so great. All right. Thanks for having. Thanks for being on. <laughs> are you ready to take out Andrew in the fight, Carrie? I am uh, ready. Okay. Question number one. Happy birthday to Hall of Famer Chris Pronger. Which team did the Blues acquire Pronger from? Yeah. This is You're going to have fun this fight, Carrie, I promise. <laughs> this is just Rocchio is just, um, you can look at our YouTube and see him just beaming right now. <laughs> let's say, well, he, let's say Philadelphia Flyers. Last night, Jose Altuve moved up to third on the all-time <laughs> list for multi-hit postseason games, which AL great holds the record with almost 60. Can you repeat the question, please? Last night, Jose Altuve moved up to third on the all-time list for multi-hit postseason games. Okay. Which American League great holds the record with almost 60? American League great. Uh, Somebody that played in a lot of postseason games. I wish I had a time frame here, Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) Baseball been around for a long time. Uh, It has. Jeez. Okay, give me the options. Uh, Chipper Jones, Manny Ramirez, or Derek Jeter? Ah, dang it. Derek Jeter is what I was going to go with to begin with, and I'm mad that he's on the list, so Derek Jeter. Go with your gut, Karen. Yeah. Gut never lies. Okay. Who was the only blue last season to tally multiple hat tricks? Ooh. Was it Jordan Cairo? He had a couple late in the season. I don't think it was Pavel Buchnevich. I'm going to go Jordan Cairo. 
Final answer. Final answer. All right. When Matt Holiday dropped the fly ball in game two of the 2009 NLDS, which Dodgers infielder had been at the plate? Wow. Come on. What year was that? 2009 NLDS. I don't. I have no clue who was on that Dodgers team at that point. It wasn't as special as you'd expect. <sighs> Dodgers infielder. Oh my God. I have no clue. Uh, <laughs> that is a very good question, and I, I need the options on this one. <laughs> I mean, do you want them? You don't technically have to go, Randy Style. Uh, then I'll have complaints from the text line oh. about. Oh, oh no! Uh, you can't have that Go about your day. Uh, Rafael Can't have that happen. Kerry, he was one of the options. I don't know. No, I, I, don't know if you got, I don't know if you got it right though. I'm not saying he was the right option, but he was one of the like options. His name just popped into my head. It was a low-scoring affair today, but we do have an outright winner. Was Kerry just taking a shot at Rafael for a call good enough for him to that? win this one? A shot. Or does Andrew move do you on to take a, a round shot after two? That. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, per FCC rules, uh, please do that away from the camera. Okay. Uh, nope. okay. <laughs> does Andrew move on to a round two against Megamine, or did the bearded brain take him out here? And does he go two for two for his short stint this week? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. They don't ask how, they ask how many carry. Two to one victory for Kerry Davis in the fight today over Andrew. Andrew, you came close, but Kerry was able to just edge it out. Thank you, guys. Of course. Thank you so much for joining the fight, Andrew. Let's go through those questions and answers. Happy birthday to Hall of Famer Chris Pronger. They acquired him from the Hartford Whalers (sighs) after the Brendan Shanahan debacle. That's kind of the end of the road, moving Brendan Shanahan for Chris Pronger. I mean, you got a Hall of Famer for... Big chunk of his career, so not too bad there. Last <laughs> night, Jose Altuve moved up to third on the all-time list for multi-hit postseason games. It was, in fact, Derek Jeter who put up 58 in his career. The only blue last season to tally multiple hat tricks was, in fact, Jordan Cairo. Kerry Davis going deep there you go. for the baseball and hockey questions to pull up the win because you nobody know got question four correct. When Matt Holiday dropped the fly ball in game two of that 2009 NLDS, which Dodger hit the ball? It was not Casey Blake, who I think is the Cardinals uh, <laughs> pitcher right now. Oh, Dusty. my bad. It was uh, first baseman James Loney who uh. hit that ball that Matt Holiday could unfortunately not hold on to. Dodgers take a 2-0 lead, mm. and that's all she wrote, ladies Raphael and Fercal gentlemen. was one of the options. It yes. was. It was Casey Blake, Raphael yes. calling James Loney, but unfortunately you didn't get that one right, but you had it with the hockey question. Hockey carry there over here. Go. A big 2-1 win in the fight. Andrew, again, thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show today. Thank you, guys. Good job, Go Blues. There you go. I, everybody's excited. A quick question on the Blues question there. Uh, Patel? Patel uh, Buchnevich? Yeah. It's a good thing I didn't say that. Because sometimes I'll Patel. just run burgundy sometimes, it. And, sometimes, yeah. sometimes autocorrect gets yeah, me. Yeah, you haven't heard of him, Changing right? Pavel to Patel. <laughs> it's See, not, the, you know I'm looking at the no, keyboard, and the what? V is not close to the T. So no, I, I think I might got autocorrect there. But you know what? A very progressive autocorrect. I'm proud of them. No. I'm proud of them. Oh, wow. We yeah. go from Pavel to Patel. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of him. Yeah. correct. We were talking about Getting him being inclusive. underrated. It's because nobody will know who Patel Buchnevich is going into this season. All right. Well, that's Gary. I'm Brooke, and that's Rockio. Coming up next, we're going to dive into some more Blues talk on here on the opening drive. Why should we think that the Blues defensive unit will be any different going into this season? That's coming up next on 101 ESPN. 
You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. So that same group um, was on the team two years ago and they had 109 points. So, you know, are they as good as that team that had 109 or are they as bad as the team that had 81? I mean, talking about the whole group and defensively, I think they're somewhere between. And, you know, I think this team is certainly capable of getting uh, between 95 and 100 points. And if things go really well, who knows, maybe more than that. Um, But I don't think there's any question that the Blues have the capabilities of being a playoff team. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and that was the voice of the Blues, John Kelly, talking about the defensemen. And, Brooke, we, we asked the question, if the defensemen are essentially the same as they have been over the past couple of years, last year was really bad, how can we expect this team to be better defensively? The addition of the assistant coach, Mike Weber, uh, coming in, hopefully that changes some things. And John, J.K. talked about some of the changes that we'll see on the defensive end. But I think the main question is, he was talking about a few years ago how good this defense was and then how really how bad they were last year. Same group of guys, a couple of years older, what are your expectations for this Blues team as it pertains to the defensive end? Just anything better than what we saw last <laughs> season. That's that's where my that's where my bar is starting at. Okay, and so you could okay. say it's pretty low. That's just all my expectations is for the defensive unit. And you mentioned there bringing in Weber. I think that bringing in this younger coaching staff was meant to be able to connect with the younger players a little bit better. Maybe there was a little bit of a disconnect going on there. System wasn't really panning out. And I want to see and look not everything hinges on Colton Pareko and not everything is on his shoulders but I would like to see more consistent play from Colton Pareko he's never going to be Chris Pronger I think that even so many people not that they were expecting it but I think they want to see a little bit more of that edge that you saw from Chris Pronger during his time and I think that huh happy birthday Chris happy birthday Chris happy birthday and so you get the the constant okay we want him to be like Chris Pronger he's never going to be Chris Pronger I think he is who he is at this point and you can't replace his minutes you need those minutes and it's hard to find a top defenseman who can also replace those minutes because everybody would like to have that and they're going to keep those guys I think it does though hinge on Compareco doing a lot better than he did at the earlier half, I I mentioned this a couple of times. I saw, I think he played better in the second half of the season. I don't know if that has something to do with his past injury history where maybe he was playing a little bit more conservatively, but I think people would like to see a little bit more of that assertiveness, that aggressiveness from Colton Pareko. Rock, Colton was hurt last year a little bit. What, what was he dealing with? I think it was uh, I think I think it was a week back. How, how, how long you did with that? Yeah, about a week back. Okay, that was a sneak attack. I was like, I was like, wait a minute. I literally, if you if you go on YouTube, our studio cams brought to you by the Air Alliance team, and you can you can literally see on the studio cams where where I was like, I was like, wait a minute, did Cole Preco get injured? You can see the wheels turning in my head, and I was that was a sneak attack. I'm so used to you guys only doing it with the Cardinals, and then dealing with a bad. Back. Huh. About a week back. You know, I, I agree, though. I think Coden, um, you know, Shameless. just defensively, they all have to play better. And, and, you know, we put a lot of a lot of the pressure, a lot of onus on the defensemen, but the, the forwards have to play better as well. Yeah. I don't think that they did a good enough job getting back, helping out. And, and we talked about this the past couple of days, just not sitting, not allowing people to park in front of your net. That drives me absolutely insane. When I watch Protect us it. playing other teams, they are physically moving 
our guys from in front of their goalie. We were not doing that last year, so hopefully we're a little bit more aggressive in that in that regard and not allowing people to just park in front of the net, get rebounds, tip shots in, and not give Jordan Jordan Bennington a chance to even really play his best hockey because there were games where he, the Blues gave up four goals and you were like, well, Jordan Bennington played well. How? How is that possible? <laughs> he did. He really did play well. It's the people in front of him not playing or performing well enough. And so hopefully Mike Weber can get this group of guys to really – buy in. I think there was just a, a lack of buying in last mm-hmm. season and too many guys doing too many different things. So hopefully they're all bought in. They're all on the same page. They're all working towards one goal. That along with the, the penalty penalty killing units, whew, it was just was... a lot. It was it was some really bad hockey at times. And so you you're almost like you can't play as aggressively as you would like to because you don't want to get penalties because you know your penalty kill unit was as bad as it was. So you you have to be good across the board and hopefully you know, Mike Weber, Bruby can get those guys to to buy into that mindset and all be on one accord. Yeah, because it was it was we were talking about Colm Pareko, but also if you look at kind of Nick Letty, he kind of took a step down. It was overall defensively, I think the person I was most impressed with, which I mean, he didn't get that many minutes, obviously, is the, that was more of a surprise was Tucker. I thought that he was impressive. He was very physical. It felt like that physicality was missing sometimes with the defensive unit and he was able to do that and I know that Bruby likes him a lot now he won't be playing that many minutes again this season so it's not a lot on him but I think in general you just need to see something a little bit better from this group defensively. I I think Tyler Tucker can work his way up I mean if if Tory Krug or Nick Letty or Justin Falk aren't performing at the level that you need them to. I hope, you know, we're being honest and being open about really giving guys, the, the best guys, more opportunities, more time on the ice. If Tyler Tucker is performing at the level and the way that he did last season and those other guys aren't performing as well, hopefully he will get moved up and get more time on the ice. I don't think he can be a top four defenseman, yeah. though. That's a lot of minutes. kind of like when Richie Palacios was, oh. was, was hitting the homers for the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, that, that, come on. No, no, that's no. Willie Mays. The Cardinals, just like the, the, this is the same thing. They're not going to take a huge step defensively because Tyler Tucker's ma- taking a personal step up. That's not going to do it. It's going to be Nick Letty play- It's going to be Nick Letty coming back after a down year like he has multiple okay. times in his career. It's going to be Justin Falk playing like his first year here with the Blues. It's going to be Colton Pareko continuing to be the defensive stopper and and finding other ways to get the offense that you're not going to get from him and it, it's Tory Krug being a average enough defender that his impact on the power play and things like that makes up for. It's about the top four. This isn't about if if some of these guys you know in the in the third pairing can step up and really help change your game. If your top four don't step up and play better than they did last year, then it's going to be about the same story. 100%. And, and the contract always plays, right? So you need to see more from the guys that you mentioned, Colton Pareko and stuff. I'm still intrigued with how things play out with Tori Krug and Scott Perunovich. And this is kind of bad to say, but I'm expecting probably maybe an injury. I hope not. I hope that both can stay healthy this season. But that's all that we have seen from Tory Krug and Scott Prunovich. Yeah. With Scott Prunovich, I agree with what Curb said the, uh, on Monday, where he talked about that he would like to see Scott Prunovich for a stretch of 10 to 15 games. Because just seeing him kind of every other night or just for, you know, even two games, I want to see what he can build consistently for 10 or 15 games. Tory Krug, I don't, you know, the thing is, is that he has had a right to invoke his no trade clause and so nothing against him on that but I want to see if he can stay healthy and I like how he had that press conference where he addressed things 
I would just want to see if he can stay healthy and what he will add because he should be very determined going into this season. How many games do you all need to see to believe that it has changed, the defense has changed from last year? Oh, God, I need to see a lot. I need to see a lot. I need to see a lot. If we're 10 games in and it looks similar to what you saw last year, are you you frustrated or are you – It's a long season, so I I think they can make time to adjust. It just felt like they – it was too little too late for them last season. I got to tell like I said, all, the preseason, the thing that, that concerned me was the shots on goal. I know Randy was saying they're, they're working on other things. Well, damn it, that should have been one of the things they were working <laughs> on because too many shots on goal lead to goals and goal opportunities. And that was one of the things that I thought really hampered the Blues last year. Just all of the shots on goal, all of the rebounds, not moving guys from in front of the net, all of those things taking place. Eventually, one of those pucks are going to go in. Yeah, I I mean, it will be interesting. Preseason is so hard to judge because you don't really know what exactly you're looking at here. But, I mean, these first two games, that's why I asked JK about that. I'll be interested to see what that looks like. Maybe we weren't seeing everything in the preseason. Carrie, do me a favor. Ask that question in 23 and a half hours because there's no one better at breaking down X's and O's tape for hockey in a way that's great for fans than Jamie Rivers, who okay. will be on yeah. the show tomorrow I'll at 15. And I think the question for him is, gonna, is perfect. It is really, what does a change in scheme actually look like yeah. for these Blues? And will fans be able to notice that across like the first 10 games? Or is that something maybe our expectations have to wait a little bit deeper you know, down the season for? I think it's a perfect question for Jamie. Yeah. That's Rock. That's Brooke. I'm Kerry. Coming up next, we have a rush hour reset. That's next on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Drive with a rush hour reset. Welcome back to the opening drive. Brooke Grimsley here alongside Super Bowl champ Carrie Davis. Matthew Rocchio also here in studio. No Randy character today, but don't worry. He is back tomorrow. And now it's time for our rush hour reset. A lot of games, interesting games last night, but I think the least interesting, we'll go ahead and get this one out of the way. Monday night football with the Raiders beating the Packers 17 to 10. Jordan Love uh, showing a little bit too much love to the other side. Yeah, he, he turned the ball interceptions. Turned the ball over a few yeah. times. But I was just saying to to you all, he's a he's a fourth year rookie quarterback. If that makes sense, it, it's so hard to play in the NFL. He is seeing looks that he has not seen before. Being in practice and the game speed uh, are two totally different things. And he's still, you know, learning and processing things. He threw some bad interceptions, though. One of them, I believe, was tipped, and and you don't. Oh, that you know, it was so bad. Manny Peyton Manning just kind of cringed when that happened. He's like, that that we shouldn't even give that to the quarterback. That's on the the receiver for not getting the ball down. Um, but he he threw one in the end zone to end the game. The one that he threw. Uh, I think it was in the second quarter, was a terrible interception uh, mm-hmm. right to the linebacker. So you, he's got some things to to improve on. But it's not like the Oakland – sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders are, <laughs> are world beaters. They are – Yeah. They aren't really good either. So, you know, that was just a – 
He's one of those games you can wake me when it's over. But the Manning cast was very entertaining. Hey, at least there's that. Yeah, there's that. There, I feel like at least there has to be something entertaining about yes. that game. Now let's get to the exciting stuff, and that is Major League Baseball playoffs. October baseball in full swing, and we're going to start with the Diamondbacks beating the Dodgers 4-2. to two. They take a 2-0 series lead, and Carrie, they just need one more win to clinch their first NLCS appearance since 2007. But this just felt like a game that was decided early on because because the Dodgers starters are just really unraveling early yeah. in these games. And you wouldn't expect it. I mean, you talked about it earlier. Two innings pitched between their two starters. Kershaw went a third of an inning. Um, who played, uh, Bobby, Bobby Miller pitched yeah. an mm-hmm. inning, inning and two-thirds yesterday. And so you get two innings from your two starting pitchers in game one and game two of a series. You're probably not going to win that. Everyone can complain about the 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 time off, but – Time off usually resets you and allows you to get healthy and feel better uh, and not go out there and, and stink up the joint. And so Freddie Freeman is, is I think, 1 for 6, and Mookie Betts is 0 for 7 in this series. Those are the reasons why this team is losing. Your top MVP candidates, 1 for 13, they are top, they're going to be right, right, exactly. That's Imagine how that, that works. Sounds, you have two ways. So you have an MVP Potential winner and, and MVP candidate, and they who don't goes hit quiet in the playoffs. Amazing how that works. Mm. And then your pitching blows up. Hmm. Wow, that seems oddly familiar. How, how it's crazy! Did, what did Dave Roberts do? He he clearly didn't prepare his team. It's all on him. <laughs> it's on the manager. It's, the analytics. I bet, he, I didn't, bet he used did, an analytic. I bet you he did. The analytics yep. said that your starting pitchers are only going to last two innings, give up ten hits combined, nine earned runs, three walks, and just one strikeout. Best Bobby, of luck to you, <laughs> whoever you are. Bobby Miller was eleven and four with a three point seven six ERA in the regular season. He went seven plus innings three times in the month of September alone. There's no explanation and then he gives for you it. One and two thirds. Who you mad at, man? Like I. I I mean, you gotta. The forces of the universe. People get frustrated with me when I say this because I, everyone wants to blame managers for everything. Man, at the end of the day, the people on the field are the ones that make it happen. <laughs> you put too much stock into what managers, coaches, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators. I don't give a damn what the scheme is, man. You got to play. And if you don't play, you lose. And if you don't play well enough for long enough, guess what else you lose? Your job. Say the phrase, That's yeah. how life goes. Say the phrase, Carrie. That's how baseball goes. It's not the X's and the O's. It's not the X's and O's. It's the Jimmy's and the Joe's, man. No. Come on. There you go. That's what it is. Yeah. It's... <laughs> I, I don't MVP know how you would even think. For 13. What do you yeah. want? There's Come no on. explanation for this. Now, on the other side, the Diamondbacks, Zach Gallen, a very familiar name. I can't remember. Where, like, we, where, where was he from? Uh, where did he come Miami. from? Miami. He's in Miami? Yeah, Miami. Yeah, he's in Miami. How did he get to Miami? A trade hmm. had to be made. From 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 St. Louis. Where, oh. who, who did we get in return? An impact bat in the outfield, which they just really needed. <laughs> Yeah, that climbed the fence and let a ball drop. What happened? Yeah. Happened. That was ridiculous. Right? Hey, that, that was, about trades, that's one right? of the best plays I've ever seen. Yeah, that's that top ten, not top ten of all time. I I think about it all the time. <laughs> I think about it all the time of how it just didn't work out. But Zach Allen, he was fantastic for the Diamondbacks. Five and a third gave up two runs, five hits, struck out four. And to me, the big moment was in the fifth inning. There was runners on the corners, and then you had Freddie Freeman at the plate. Big moment, and Zach Allen was able to strike out. There goes Mookie, and the pitch is a called strike three, and Freeman knew it. 
And Zach Gallen was just locked in. If you saw that video of when he came off the mound, I mean, he was fired up. And he was even more fired up after the game. Here's what he had to say about that. Job's not finished, really. Um, I mean, it's, I think Kobe was talking about it. He's like, you know, what's there to be happy about, really? Um, I think it's, it's a good spot for us to be in, um, playing with a little confidence. Um, you know, come in, it's, I don't think it's any secret that we've come in here and struggled. Um, so I think it was good for us just mentally ourselves just to come in here and set the tone, um, you know, have a little faith in ourselves, and then, you know, hopefully go home and finish the job. Rock, who did he quote? Hmm. I quote Kobe. Who, hmm. who, is, who is Kobe? One of the best players of all time. What, what number is he? I don't know, like... You're, you, are, you are you are a disappointing Nine, man. Huh. 11. You're a disappointing fella. <laughs> Something like that. You're <laughs> so disappointing. Gary's mad that I tagged that audio in the system uh, as, as Gallon uh, quotes the 11th best player of all time. I like, I like that quote. I like the Mamba mentality. And you saw <laughs> that on madness. the mound from Zach Gallon yesterday. So it will be interesting to see how this goes because the Dodgers are in trouble. Yeah, they are. You're down 0-2. You're headed back to Arizona and... Um, your pitching and your hitting has not come together. And, you know, again, that's what sports are. It's about your stars. You, everybody, Stars have to show up I, when, I, the, when the lights listen, are bright. Got to show Shaq, up. Shaq talks about it all the time. He talks about superstars and the others. If you're a superstar, you have to show up. And then the other guys, they feel more comfortable and more confident in, in their role. They are not. Mookie Betts is the superstar. Freddie Freeman is the superstar. Mm-hmm. Clayton Kershaw is the superstar. If they don't show up, what the hell you expect the other guys to do? They aren't going to have enough to get the job done, and that's where they are right now. Now, this series isn't over because I think the Dodgers are still the better team. They can go into uh, Arizona and win two games and get it back to L.A., but they gotta, their guys got to come play. And if they yeah. don't, they will be... Uh, one, two, three, Cancun. I guess do baseball, be, do baseball go to Cancun in the offseason? They go wherever they want to go. Yeah. yeah. Where, 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 wherever no, there's golf just courses. That's where there the champions go. go. Well, they're they're in think. Arizona. They there's can just <laughs> stay there. I'm saying, yeah. I mean, <laughs> good weather. You got to think. You got to think. They can't play golf during all the great weather, you know, all the time. Yeah. I mean, well, LA got well, the, pitcher, the pitchers can. We know that. Yeah. LA got um, decent weather. They can go yeah, home and so, play some yeah. golf. Yeah. They got to find some place to golf. Now, anyways, let's get to the more exciting game of the evening. This is the game that I was locked into looking forward to because I just love watching these two teams play and it definitely lived up to all the expectations with that one last night Braves beating the Phillies five to four what a game and what a series this has been the Phillies early on were cruising through the first six innings thanks to thanks to Zach Wheeler who was wheeling and dealing on the mound but then the Braves were able to come back with a two-run shot in the bottom of the seventh and then they take the lead with this moment right here a two-run shot bottom of the eighth courtesy of Austin Riley Here he comes, Riley in the air to left field, on the run, Marsh, there it goes, Austin Riley has given the Braves the lead in the eighth. What did you just say, Rock? What did you just say? I said maybe they shouldn't have let him see him a third time. Oh. You, the, the, the Braves, again, that game was turned, in my opinion, Zach Willer, uh, was 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 it Zach who was yeah, Zach, Zach Wheeler. Wheeler was yeah. rolling he was. Had, had given up you know i think one hit at that point and Ozzy Albies hits the hit in the outfield Ronald Acuña comes home makes it 4 to 1 error by Trey Turner you allowed the Braves to cross the <laughs> to score to cross home plate 
And it's like a, it's almost like letting Steph Curry see a shot go in, letting Klay Thompson see a shot go in. Now they are, I can make every shot. They feel like they can do it. They can score. They can get a hit off of you, and that gains them. That gives them, uh, you know, some some form of success that they've mm-hmm. had against you. And then now they feel like it can be done. Yeah. And they allowed that team. Or you just pull to the- get. Pull him before he sees them for the third time, Carrie. Maybe this doesn't happen. Maybe maybe a little cold move. Maybe it doesn't. No. Or maybe it does. Who knows? You'll never know. You'll never know. It didn't didn't play out like that. How about that? that? Now, the last part, the magic didn't end there. This was my favorite moment also in this game. Michael Harris and the Braves turn an insane game-ending double play to secure the win and tie up the series. He deals a 2-2. Cassianos in the air to right center field. Harris is on the run. Harris at the track. He leaps, and he makes the catch. Harper might be doubled up. The throw gets away. The throw to first. It's over. That was just absolutely crazy. That is October baseball. Beautiful. The excitement, the moment, the way that Michael Harris just laid it all out there, put his body out there to sacrifice for that moment. And then Austin Riley also being a big part of that moment as well. You had what he did in the bottom of the eighth, but also what he did there at the end was very a very Jeter-esque play. And if you watched him too in that moment during the game and, they, and also when they did the replay, you could see where he was preparing for any moment, any situation. Yeah, I mean, that was perfect. I mean, the, the fact that, I mean, great catch, obviously, what, what oh, Harris did yeah. pull off. Yeah. But Riley, the the presence of mind in the moment yes. to pick up the ball after after it hits the bounce, takes takes an ugly bounce in the, in the infield, pick it up, snag it, and immediately gun him down at first base to get the double. I mean, that kind that's of heads-up play, that's a championship play. Again, that's carry. That's an eye kind of test kind of thing. That's, you <laughs> Is see that a that gut? Kind of Is that an yeah, instinct that's a moment? Have an instinct. Yeah. Fundamentals. Nice. He's got that dog huh. in him. As they say, Fundamentals. yeah. Fundamentals, huh? Beautiful. We're huh. from a third baseman. Well, that was crazy. It happens. Yeah. Interesting. Well, anyways, that is our rush hour reset. Coming up next on the opening drive, we are going to head to the celebrity line to talk to our friend and Cardinals broadcaster Mike Claiborne. We're going to talk to Claibs about what in the world's going on with the Dodgers, but maybe also why we haven't heard from the Cardinals this offseason yet. That's coming up next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and we go to the celebrity line and talk to our great friend, Cardinals broadcaster Mike Claiborne. Claves, how are you doing, sir? Kerry, I'm doing well, man. Uh, rehab is, as you know, is always a challenge. Mm-hmm. Life is good. I got, no, I have no complaints. I, I gotta assume you're doing a little bit better now that the season is over and and you no longer have to endure. It, it felt like we were all enduring this past 23 season. This is, you know what, man? I got to tell you, uh, if you're a Cardinal fan or a Blues fan, this has been a really challenging year. Yeah. Uh, you know, because we expected more, we got less. We, you know, for the first time in a long time, we both had, both teams had fire sales, and uh, you know, you, you feel like, well, we don't want to rebuild, we want to reload, and, and I think you're kind of in that position. But from a baseball standpoint. I got to tell you, man, I find myself watching more baseball than I normally would. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been pretty good. Yeah, it has. And I think one of the things, because we, we saw every team play, you know, with a balanced schedule, so you kind of have a feel about these teams that you're watching. Uh, so it's been good so far. 
So, Clebs, the Cardinals decided to delay their postseason press conference uh, till either a month from now or after the World Series. Does that mean that something is going to happen or that actually nothing is going to happen? Well, I think it's, uh, you know, one of the things that a lot of teams try and do is not to create a distraction from the playoffs in the World Series. And uh, that that really happens more uh, than anything else. You don't, you won't hear about a lot of managers being named or you won't hear about a lot of shakeups uh, until maybe a gap between one series to the other. But, you know, normally you'll hear a lot of things right after the World Series because right after that, man, they go into the general manager meetings. And I get the feeling this year general manager meetings will have a whole new outlook as far as planning to see to, to help their teams get better. So, Claves, do you think that there will be some changes coming to the Cardinals coaching staff? I would think that there probably would be some tweaking. I'm not saying they're going to overhaul and throw everybody out on the street, but I would think there would be a tweak here and there. Uh, and they kind of alluded to that, that maybe there will be some reassignments. Uh, now, reassignment can mean anything from being a, a, a consultant where you're a rover or maybe you go from coaching one position to working at another position. So uh, there's a lot of things that could come up in that situation. So I think for all of us, it's just probably be better for us to just wait and see. And, and, and the thing is, they've had a lot of time to, to address this. You know, once you realize you weren't going to be in postseason, you, you, you probably start having initial conversations on how do we fix this. And uh, so this isn't something where, okay, season's over, let's get to work. Now, I, I think that um, the way that organization works, <clears throat> they're always working, and they're always looking to be better. So they don't need a date on the calendar to figure out, try to figure out how they're going to be better for the following season. And, of course, we're going to continue to talk about starting pitching until the Cardinals announce who they will be bringing in. I thought this was interesting because Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch was kind of writing about some of the names, the names that we have heard of, Sonny Gray, Aaron Nola. But then he brought up one that I haven't thought that much about, Tyler Glass now. Do you see him as a possibility for the Cardinals? And what do you think about his injury history? Well, that would be my red flag. You know, if I can get him for a song and a dance and maybe a little bit more, I'd definitely kick the tires on but with that said, you know, be prepared for an injury. Now, you know, I, I look at him and then I think about a guy like Michael Walker, who was a guy who was injury prone when he was in St. Louis. When he left St. Louis, things started to balance out. He was a little bit more physically mature, and he really hasn't had the injury issues that he had when he was here in St. Louis. So maybe you strike lightning in a bottle along that line where you get a guy that maybe a change in organization. So this would be his third if he would come to St. Louis. Uh, maybe that changes things. But if not, there are just some people, uh, Brooke, that just can't get out of their own way when it comes to injury. It's not their fault. I mean, look at a guy like Alex Reyes, you know, who we thought was going to be a very special pitcher. And I think the guy's had virtually every in- injury you could have. So then he moves on to L.A., and the first thing he does when he gets to L.A. with the Dodgers is what? Get hurt. So it just it just some people it just happens that way too. Claves, you've been around this game for a long time, and you know better than anyone, and as well as anyone, how important uh, players' legacies are in terms of winning championships. So how important is it for the Cardinals to surround Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado with a team that can help them win a championship? Well, you know that's a good question. Um, I, I kind of look at it bigger than that. I, you know, I, I think. Everybody has a legacy. Now, these guys have been around for a while, but, you know, you don't think some of these other guys want to have that on their resume too? Uh, and, and, you know, obviously because those guys have been so good to the game, 
since they played, you, you certainly want to give them a kick at the can uh, because they haven't done that before. So I would think there would be some urgency to a point, but I think the urgency also is, hey, how about us just having a good team to have that, that Goldschmidt and Arenado happen to play on? Yeah, I agree. I think that for me, I mean, I'm just thinking in terms of, you know, future Hall of Fame players, we know yeah, they no, want to go down and – yeah, they want to go down and, and with a championship on their <laughs> on their resume. Yeah, I mean, you know, your points are very valid. And, and I'll run this by you. You played with some good players in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. that won Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, did guys ever have meetings and say, hey, man, let's go out and get this one for – Jerome Bettis or whomever. Uh, well, I, like, let's I, go get this. So I will. I will say this. I wasn't on the 05 team, but I do believe they all felt that way for Bussy because that game was that Super Bowl was in Detroit, his hometown. So I'm yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that they wanted to make sure that he went out, future Hall of Famer, with a uh, Super Bowl win on his resume. So who was who was the top dog on your team? On our team, it was well, yeah. all those guys had already won championships, so <laughs> they, we yeah. were two years later. Uh, but it would be, you know, it would be uh, James Harrison, James Ferrier, Troy Palomalu, uh, Ben Hines. But all those guys, as I said, had already won a championship three years prior. So we didn't really have anybody that was a future Hall of Famer or in that regard that hadn't just won one with that organization. So you're saying that they weren't on some of those vets weren't on the parking lot saying you see that kid Davis over there? No, nah, they were no 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 they were <laughs> <laughs> not for me. No. <laughs> they wanted at the Buffalo Wild all, Wings we, yeah. figure out how we can get one for the kids. No, nah, we all wanted to win because we were, were greedy in that regard. We wanted to win championships, so that and has to be the mindset mind. for them. I don't mind being greedy when it comes to just to get into some postseason October baseball, we were talking about that earlier, how exciting it is. Not so exciting if you're a Dodgers fan. What do you make of what's going on with the Dodgers right now? Obviously, a lot of this falling on the starting pitchers. Well, you know what they say, good pitching stops good hitting any day of the week or most days. But here's something that I think we got to take into account. This, this wild card thing is real. And the reason why is because the teams that are wild-card teams normally have to fight a little longer, almost down to the final week of the season. So they're already in playoff mode. You know, they're playing for each other. They have their mojo going. And then they walk in and grab a team that hasn't played in five days. They're trying to find a reset button, and it it just hasn't worked so far. I mean, when you look at Arizona, you look at Philadelphia, their thing is they're not scared of anybody. They could care less about what your regular season record is because you have to deal with them face-to-face. And you know what? They, those teams have a couple of pitchers. And, yeah, again, this pitching thing is real, and the bullpens have really had an impact on all of these series. So, you know, it's, it's something that if you're a Cardinal fan or a team that spent a lot of money, whether you pick any New York team or San Diego, you better make sure you have a bullpen. If you don't have a bullpen, I wouldn't care if you went out and signed Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox, and John Smoltz. <laughs> if you don't have a bullpen, it doesn't mean anything at this point because that's the direction of the game. Now, I'm not, certainly, I, I'm not certain if I agree with that notion. I think there should be a reward for guys who pitch more innings and, and keep their team in a game. I mean, now a guy can pitch five and a third, five and two-thirds, and then turn it over to the bullpen to go get the next four and a third outs. And guess what? He gets the win and a whole lot more money than three other guys in the bullpen. I think there should be a little bit more of an emphasis on on fighting through it, which takes me to this point. 
You know, we're always conscious of pitch counts and innings pitched during the course of the year. I'd be willing to venture that these guys that are pitching now are going well beyond anything they've ever done in their careers as far as uh, innings in their in their season. So we're going to see who the men and the boys are here because of the fact some guys haven't been here before, and they're going to have to figure out how to pitch through it compared to looking at their stats and, oh, my goodness, I pitched over 200 innings. I'm mm. supposed to stop now. Okay, <laughs> do you want to stop or do you want to keep pitching to make sure you have a chance to win something that you may not get another crack at? Exactly. Clay, and let's shift gears a little bit. Have you been keeping up with some football? What, what are your what are your oh, thoughts yeah. so far on this <laughs> this NFL season? All right, I got I have one question to ask you because okay. you play the game at a pro level, you coach young people. What has happened to tackling? Oh, you don't get Everybody, to practice it. This, 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 listen, this arm and shoulder tackling, you might be able to get away with that in, in Massey Dickey Bulldogs or, you know, <laughs> uh, West Coast or one of those other JFL leagues. You cannot you cannot tackle guys by the shoulder pads or try arm tackle. Yeah. And, and I think you make a good point. You can't do it in practice because, yeah. oh, coach, I get hurt. But the, the tackling at the, at the college level, at the pro level, is embarrassing. So I, it, it is just flat out embarrassing. I'll simplify it for you. So normally we were, we were taught when I played, you get your head across. So if the guy is running Absolutely. to my left, I tackle him with my head in front of him with my right shoulder. But that exactly. gives you a lot of stingers, a lot of neck issues, uh, you know, some, some concussion issues. So now they're taught to tackle him behind. So now your head is behind him and you're tackling him with your left shoulder. Well, that's only arms and more, more times than not, they're running through those tackles. And so it's made the game safer, but it's made the game sloppier in terms of tackling because it's harder to get a guy on the ground when you have There's less no in front doubt. of him to stop him. There's no doubt. But then answer to your question, yeah, I've been watching – this college thing is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Caleb Williams, man, uh, you know, he won Heisman last year, and I'm not the biggest proponent of how this whole Heisman thing is voted on in the first place. But bottom line, if we're going to play by those rules, I'd like to see somebody offensively that shows more than Caleb Williams. Now, you get some Missouri guys who try to tackle this quarterback over the weekend, they may say, well, hold on a minute. There's a guy we saw this week. You might want to think about him, too. But Caleb Williams, man, is is a fascinating player to watch, and he's figured it out. But, you know, overall, I've uh, been trying to stay on top of it. I am not a person that believes in rankings at this time of the year. Yeah, uh, We have just really actually played. Most teams have actually played what I would say challenging games. All the other games really didn't mean anything because you made up your non-conference schedule. So I'm a believer that you really don't know who these teams are until maybe this weekend or certainly the following weekend. Claves, what you got coming up on Claves Online? Well, we have uh, Dr. Rick and uh, Rammer with the podcast. We're going to drop that later today. Uh, John Anderson from ESPN is going to huddle up with Howard Richardson. I, I think that starts tomorrow. And uh, we'll get our hockey coverage started with Jamal Mayers and Kevin Weeks. That'll be starting up this week. We're going to hopefully, if Alex Ferrario's schedule doesn't uh, preclude him from being part of what we do, we'll probably be involved with him as well. And uh, the two-man game with uh, Matt Rocchio uh, and Bob Ramsey, that program covers basketball from one baseline to the other. That's going to be starting up fairly soon. So we have a lot. And, you know, I mentioned last week we had this interview we did with Cedric the Entertainer. I think we're going to drop that later this week, if not early next week. You have to listen. Uh, We cover a whole lot of things. And 
you know, there was a, there, there was a chuckle or two involved. In Let's <laughs> just put it that way. So uh, we have a lot of good stuff coming up on ClavesOnline.com. Well, Claves, we appreciate and, you. Oh, by the way, good luck to all the guys over here just at your place. Blues, are, they dropped the puck on Thursday. Yep. Cannot wait. Uh, it's going to be a fun season, an interesting season. And everyone I ask about the Blues, hey, what do you think? And they look at me and say, I don't know. This, this is a team we have. We will scratch our heads about for, I guarantee, the first two months. I, we were, we're we're in the same boat. We'll we'll figure it out soon enough and figure out if they are better, worse, or the same as they were last year. Give it time. Yep. It's going to take some time. Yep. Claves, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. You guys have a great week. Take care. Appreciate it. That was Cardinals broadcaster Mike Claiborne joining us. And uh, yeah, we, the last point about the hockey team, we were just yeah. talking. Like, we, yes. <laughs> how many games do we need to see before we know what this team is? Yeah, I guess yeah. We'll, we'll figure out sooner we'll rather wait than and later. See. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, the higher seeds in the Major League Baseball playoffs are two and fifteen. What's going on? We'll talk about it next on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome back to the opening <laughs> drive. Brooke Grimsley here alongside Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. Everything's fine. There's nothing going on behind the scenes. I, <laughs> I'm not starving. I, <laughs> so during the break, we were discussing because my stomach growled <laughs> really loud. We're, I'm just going to be honest. I was thinking about keeping this a secret. But <laughs> Carrie's dying over here. So here's the thing. I'm still trying to work on my morning routine. And... I've been coming in just only having a breakfast bar in the mornings. And then I've gotten to the point where nine o'clock hits and my stomach's like, feed me, give me food. <laughs> and we just had that moment. So Carrie is uh, dying laughing oh, over here. It was hilarious. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> it was just, I was just angry. You know what I'm angry about and what my stomach's angry about other than wanting more food, Carrie? What's that? Um, a lot of people have some issues with the playoff format for Major League Baseball. Higher seeded teams are 2 and 15 in the opening rounds of the 2023 postseason. And here's the question Is the playoffs a crapshoot nature, a feature, or a flaw? That's the big question right now. And now Ken Rosenthal did put out an article yesterday kind of discussing this about the format, if you if people are wanting to change it or not. But I'm curious. I want to see what you guys think about this. So text into the Air Comfort Service text line. That is 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. You can also check us out on our YouTube channel, thanks to our Air Alliance Team Studio Cams. You can also leave a comment there. Do you think that the playoff format should change? Here's my thing with it. I, I understand the complaint that, you know, it's 162 games and then bam, you're out just like that. But my thing is, is that the unpredictable nature of the playoffs is always something that's been touted, let's say, with the hockey season, which is also months wise, not games yes. wise, just as long as the baseball season. And I understand that those things happen in five or seven game series, and so maybe it doesn't feel as cut short. But I mean, that's a feature. Of the hockey playoffs. Upsets happening. It's why we love the hockey playoffs because it's a different brand and it's different than the regular season. So I'm not, I'm confused why when it happens in baseball and some of the parameters are very similar, although you're losing two games instead of three or three or three or four. I'm, under, I'm, I'm confused why it's a problem in baseball, but yet it's something we tout for certain other sports. I, I, I to me, I don't, you know. I don't think it's a problem. I think if you don't like it, play better. That's my <laughs> That's, mindset yeah. on most things. If if you have an opportunity to get some rest, to 
adjust your starting rotation in the manner in which you want, I can guarantee you that the L.A. Dodgers had no clue that when they set their rotation after having a bye, Mm -hmm. that Clayton, Clayton Kershaw would pitch a third of an inning and give up six earned runs. That was not on their plan. That was not on their list of things to do going into that series, going into that game. And so it's it, you can't fix that. And you they had no idea that Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman would perform at the level that they are. They aren't performing right now. So mm-hmm. the notion that, oh, the t- top teams are losing, we got to change things, or maybe – the teams that are beating them are just better right now. Maybe they're playing better. Maybe, and we can go into the whole, well, they kept playing and they they didn't they didn't have a break from, everybody wants a break. Everybody needs, your body needs time. And, and granted, football and baseball are two totally different sports. I get mm-hmm. it. You, you want to stay sharp. You want, I, I'm sure that they still work on their craft while they're on break. It's not mm-hmm. like they go to the Bahamas or they're like Odell Beckham Jr. partying on the boat <laughs> during the bye week in Tim's and jeans. Yeah. Like That's not how that takes place. So they're still locked in. It's not live pitching that they're facing. It's not the same feeling mm-hmm. of what, what um, playoff baseball will be, but they're still engaged and they still have it going on. So the notion that you worked hard enough to become – a team that earned a buy. So if you don't like it, then don't play as well during the season. Yeah, play better. Win, win ten less games so that you can be in the wild card <laughs> game and fighting and work your way all the way through and fight to win a World Series championship. Yeah. Do that if and, it's an issue. And, and and the thing is, is that if everything was based on the regular season, then it would just be done. You would just give the award to who yes. won the most games. And it's interesting, CD, because to your point, kind of like Russ what Dorsey, Cincinnati, and Cincinnati FC tried, didn't they? Yeah, they tried? Oh yeah. yeah, where they basically were like we're we're done here, we're champions. Yeah, so no, uh, we don't need anything else but cd russ dorsey baseball insider was on foul territory and he agrees with your sentiment the benefit of that you get is you get to say all right spencer strider game one max free game two and if you lose that's on you that's not on everybody else we don't have to change the formatting and we don't have to receive play better right i know like i think i saw i saw a stat today that the team that has more rest uh it loses a lot in the like the last five years or so I just I don't like the idea that you were the best team you were rewarded by having the buy and getting to get healthy if you had guys banged up you get to you know pick exactly who you want for the first couple games of that series and now all of a sudden because you didn't play your best game in game one now it's not fair we need to change the rules yeah I think that that's just the way it is right now. Maybe they'll look at things afterwards, but I don't even know with the five days off how you could necessarily change that. I, I don't know. I mean, again, if if you don't like it, play better. At the end of the day, pe- people have to perform. They are paid to perform, to do a job. The the Atlanta Braves found a way to get a win last night. It, it As surprising as it was, Philadelphia was rolling, but they found a way to get a win to tie that series up. The, the Diamondbacks are, are, are taking care of their business right now, and the, and the Dodgers are not. So you just got to find a way to win. The Baltimore Orioles aren't taking care of their business. They, but that's also a team that I didn't think was going to win that series anyway. So they might have ran into a team that's better than them. I don't know that the the notion that it's a, they're a higher seed and they had a bye and they didn't have to play and the opposing team did, I don't know that that yeah. makes that much of a difference. Yeah. Let's go to the text line real quick. What do you have over there, Rockio? So he says it should change. Baseball is just a longer season. It's too many teams make the playoffs in all sports, but baseball is the longest sport, and that changes it. 
I disagree with that statement. It's it's because there's more games played in the same amount of time. It's just like the NHL and the NBA. It's it's seven eight months regular season, two months long postseason. The game's a little bit different for both those sports than it is in the regular season relative to hockey and in the NBA. I, I don't think baseball's that just like anomalous. Just like oh, you can't, you have to do everything different in baseball. There's no other sport like it. Yeah, I think. Again, we're complaining. How how are we how are we complaining complaining about a team or teams that had the better record and they feel like they're not being treated fairly? To tell the team that that scratch clawed and and barely made it into the playoffs <laughs> that you're complaining because you had a daggone bye mm-hmm. and they had to play all 162 to 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 the end to the bitter end scratch claw and get in and they're happy to be there. You should be. And you should be thrilled to be in the playoffs because when you're in the playoffs, guess what? You have an opportunity to win a championship. You can't do that without being in the playoffs. That's number one. Number two, you should be thrilled that you worked that hard during the season to earn the right to have a bye. And number three, you're the better team, so act like it. It's also, what are we complaining about? It's also interesting. This texture kind of gets to the, the crux of the matter, which is uh, he says it's not about the days off. It's the length of the series of seven-game series. You can lose a game. Anything shorter than that, losing game, you know, you, you, you set off the home field advantage, and you, you can be trash, and you're completely off your game. I think that's the interesting part. There's some people who are really focusing on on the buy factor. Somebody else texting in and says the, the Cardinals won a World Series because the Tigers had to sit there and wait for five days for the Cardinals to beat the Mets in the NLCS, and there's multiple players on the Tigers so, and, and Cardinals who have backed that that statement up. So there's a thing here: is it is the buy the bigger issue, the rest versus rust factor, or is it the shortened uh, series right off the bat that bothers people? I think there's there's two kind of issues, and I think there's different fans which are annoyed by different factors. And depending on which one bothers you more, your solve for it or your answer to is it a problem is going to be different. So at some point, you're probably going to have to wait. On another team, whether it's because you have a bye or because, like you just said, the Cardinals took longer to finish their series. So either way, you have to wait. What is the point? point? What mm-hmm. What are you complaining about? Go play, man. You can't. What is, what, what were the Tigers going to do? Hey, hurry up, Cardinals. Get this series over with so we can play you. No, you got to wait because they took longer to finish their series. And guess what? You were the better team in your series, so you finished sooner. Just like you are the better team during the regular season, so you got to buy. If you are the better team and you have been the better team all season long, what are the complaints about? Just play better, win your game. That's it. Simply play better. Play better. I like that. I like that motto. Well, that's Carrie. I'm broke. Coming up next, we are going to head to rock and roll. That's ahead on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for Rock and Roll. What you got, Rock? Guys, I, I figured out how to solve the MLB playoffs. Oh, oh, let's okay. hear it. But don't worry, you guys will like this because it involves me admitting that I was very, very wrong. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. Wow. I was completely, what is this? I was completely and totally wrong. And I owe an apology to DeSmets and C and St. Louis's own Pat Noonan. 
The champion of leagues in, in, in the United States should just be the best team in the regular season. We just should get rid of all oh, playoffs no. because oh. we can't have any of this weird randomness where a team that's not the best team in the regular mm. season wins championships. Right. So let's toss out all the playoffs. Let's go like these darn Euros. And let's just say you finish with the best regular season. We don't need playoffs. Champion. Championship. That's how we do it. But right. aren't they still going to have playoffs? I think that's okay. No. Well, why? Because that's how they make money, and that's yeah. what the actual conversation is. So it just doesn't matter. Huh. It's just for. Huh. Huh. So you're telling me they everyone texting in and saying, "Well, they should just go back to four teams in the playoffs," or just throwing out something that's not a non that's a complete non-starter? They don't probably know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, I wasn't, that. I wasn't gonna take it that far. Jesus, Gary. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Oh my god. I don't I care. Don't I, don't, I don't. I don't really care about their opinion, but I, I think they're right. Do you? No. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think you thought that. You had to fall through and ask the question, didn't you, huh? We did, seem, get, we did get like, like a lot of texts about that. I, somebody did say from the 217, my only gripe is the regular season needs to be shorter if the postseason is expanded. That's just, yeah, but why? It's, but it's here's the thing. That's, be... that's one thing. Like Brandon earlier texted in and said, you shorten it by two weeks of the regular season, but then you make them all seven game series. Because a lot of people are texting in and saying, well, you can't compare it to the NHL because the NHL does all seven game series, and therefore it makes it better that you know teams aren't just getting washed out. And I, I just think I think we're being a little bit arbitrary. Is it like the number one seed, like the President's Trophy winner, gets washed out in a four game sweep by an eight seed because it's an eight seed? We're okay with that. How and that's about like the pageantry of it's okay? How we about don't care just, that it's just four games from the best how team about in the a, league? A three game series, seven seven. Well, how, how about that? What the heck did you how say? about that? Three game series for the first round, okay. seven game, seven game. As think, opposed to three five seven. Because I think there's still the the problem is that um, there's a good team that gets shipped out. After just two games, you lose two games in the wild card. Boom, you're out. Done. You're, you're, well, so what? It, that's not Brewers, that's, a, that's Brewers, a problem. You win a freaking that's a division. That's, and it, <laughs> that's, that's a you problem. That's a you problem. Okay, so then, so then five seven seven. Get on down the road. And now the series are that much longer, and you're playing I, late November, and it's I'm thirty-two up, degrees well, outside, <laughs> and you're freezing. That's a problem. So what do you neutral site World Series? No way. I, uh, nah, I'm not a fan. No. no I'll pass. I, that's, that's, that's a no for me, dog. At some point, someone has to sit in the top deck of that brand new stadium they're going to put in St. Petersburg. At some point during oh. the season, someone has to sit there. No, this is don't. how we do it. They, they no? just never use okay. it. It's okay. just there. All right, fine. Um, there's a source right now uh, reporting that Justin Jefferson is going to the IR, which means he would be out mm. for the next four weeks for the Minnesota Vikings. Is uh, That wraps on the uh, 23 Vikings. Vikings as a playoff team. Yeah. It's already I feel it like is. it's been that way. Yeah. They, but I mean, here's the, the thing. The, the Lions are four and one, so it's not like you couldn't make some kind of run within the division. It's not like you're gonna get a lot of, I think, um, you know, obstacles thrown your way by the Packers or the Bears late in the season. So like they could put together a run, but I think I think this is just this is about caps any chance that offense looks like it did last year and they're able to win some games well they are they are oh four or one and four right now i think in in one possession games where last year they were 11 and 0 and we talked about how that could really flip didn't from think this it season yeah we thought it would happen sometime no. during the season last it year has flipped completely <laughs> it happened season it's to unfortunate season. but uh that's that's essentially where they are right now they aren't able to finish games and and in the manner in which they were last year. And so I, I agree. I think that you do have a bit of an issue when you're looking at what are what the what the Minnesota Vikings are dealing with. And you lose Justin Jefferson, the man that Kirk Cousins wants to throw the ball to every opportunity he gets. It's uh 
It's going to be rough for him. Well, and then you've seen those reports, too, that possibly the Vikings are looking at trading yeah. Kirk Cousins. And you lose you lose uh, Justin Jefferson for an extended period of time. Might, might be the best reset? time to go. Yeah, might as well. I don't know. I don't know what they do. They, they have to figure something out. I don't like the notion that they want to trade Kirk Cousins. I know Kirk Cousins has made a lot of money in his career. Mm-hmm. Just, just keep on pushing, man. Making a lot of money, guaranteed contracts, has seen every dollar of it, which is a beautiful thing. And he's I 35. Know, I think, I think yeah, if you're in the middle of a old. dead season, you should trade away your two best players. I think, you know, I Why? really think you should do that. No. I think, in nah. fact, Why? I really think that could have happened. Are you talking uh, just football? I think across multiple, I think okay. across mm, multiple sports. You're doing there. I think really when you're having one of the worst oh seasons, God. especially yeah. after a season where there was some, Since some the 90s. success. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there was some success in, in the previous year, and you think you we're going to build on this, but then you completely fall on your face. I say trade your two best players. You trade Kirk Cousins, you trade Justin Jefferson, uh-huh. and you rebuild for the future. Hmm. Ain't going to be no future. Because both of those guys are 30. Oh, wait, sorry. Um, no, one of them's not. Wrong situation. Yeah. Um, one of those guys is in his, his mid-30s, and one of those guys is in his absolute prime. One so of those guys is the best receiver in the league right now. Well, when they finish MVP and then third, uh, when they finish with one of the top <laughs> offenses in the game, you just have to you gotta bite the bullet the you're next ready, year, I You're think. ready for them guys to get out of here, I see. I'm not ready for them. I'm just I'm not championing it. I'm just saying that you know, might be the best move forward. No, I no? don't. I don't think that that would go over well with the good fans of St. Louis. Or I mean Minnesota. Of Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I wonder. Wonder if there's something there with that. Didn't know Carrie was such a big Harrison Smith fan, but okay, fine. There you go. Thank you, Rock. That was a great day, audio engineer, audio engineer, uh, producer Rockio. Thank you for today. He's an engineer. I like to. I like to say it that. Pleasure. I call him the audio engineer, and he doesn't push the button to speak. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great, Amazing. great timing. <laughs> How that works, <laughs> Brooke. Uh, been fun. Randy will yeah, be back tomorrow. We, uh, How about that? Uh, How about that? How about that? You're gonna have to come and correct some things, and yeah, yeah you know how and help when, us when the parent leaves for a while. The kids run amok. <laughs> we want to see your face. Who said that? You want to see my face? Coming up next, you got a balloon party with T Mac and Ajax. They will be on for the next hour. That's next on the on 101 ESPN. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.